The copyright proprietor has licensed the picture and soundtrack contained in this video cassette for private home use only. It is an infringement of Australian copyright laws to copy, reproduce, show in public, including hotels and motels, in whole or in part. Violators are subject to criminal and or civil prosecution. Welcome to Weird Kid Video. I'm Kieran Snape and I miss video stores so much I opened one in my own home. Packed with the VHS tapes of the trash cinema I grew up watching at a highly inappropriate age. Every week I force my co-hosts Kira Jade Oppitz and Brody McDonald to sit through a movie for us to discuss. So come on in, have a look around and sign up for a membership. There are no late fees, but unreturned tapes will be hunted down by our crack team of creepy children with glowing eyes and monotonous voices driven to kill by a cosmic force beyond human understanding. But that won't matter when your brain begins to pulse so hard it bursts out through all of your face holes in alphabetical order. Will it, dear? This is Weird Kid Video. <laughs> <laughs> It's not going to mean anything to you guys, but I scored a, a fantastic tape. <laughs> you can't tell us what I can't it tell is. You what, I can't oh. tell you what it is or what it's about or who's in it. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually one day when we were, <laughs> eventually one day. I'm very happy for you. You'll be excited. It's a movie that I saw on television late at night as a child. Mm, give us that more clues. That is very strange and very horny. Ooh. Hmm, that's going to make guessing it real hard. Yeah. <laughs> we could just come up with weird titles and one of them would probably be right eventually. Oh, it's got a weird title, so I don't think that you would. I don't know. Brody's got a weird brain, so. The Blood of the Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> no. So Wild Thing. No, we're not there yet. No, we're not no. there yet. <laughs> and also, how dare you attempt to start the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck you doing? I just wanted to, you know, maybe start the podcast. Maybe give the person who's hosting the podcast the nudge to start the podcast. Oh, I see. Yeah. This week, we're swinging to the beat of the urban jungle, and it sounds a lot like the trogs, and probably smells like damn cat and hairspray. We are talking about Wild Thing from 1987. Insert trailer here. He was an orphan left to perish in the downtown wilderness. Instead, he thrived. They say it can turn itself into an Audi cat. He became a hunter. It's a half-human creature that haunts his own. A warrior. Now, winos around here swear up and down that they've seen it. A legend of the city. Wild thing. She has seen him. Why did you let me see you? I was lonely. Now he is her only hope. a new breed of hero. Wild Thing. Wild Thing. What a 
What a movie. What a movie. What a trailer. That's because <laughs> yeah. we all watched that trailer just then, right? <laughs> what a trailer. <laughs> Bernie is a loser. I mean, you could look up the fucking trailer. <laughs> Which I really should do. I really should do. All Granted, right. I haven't watched it. I've just listened to it. Mm. It talks you through it. <laughs> I need something to talk me through this fucking movie. Because it was like a fucking really earthy acid trip. Like one where it's real grounded and you just aren't looking up at all. <laughs> I mean, that's an endorsement of I ever. I ever <laughs> I've never taken drugs. I don't know what you're talking about. Definitely a straight edge jazz. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're talking about Wild Thing, directed by Max Reed. His only feature film, shock horror. Why does this keep happening? That the movies that we watch are the only movie that that person directs. <laughs> I mean, we will watch movies by directors who are prolific and prolific in the exquisite trash that we will be enjoying on this podcast. Because the last it, movie was also the only one he got to direct. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but, but he moved on to do other things, though. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, David Webb Peoples, yeah. I mean, he had already been a screenwriter. He had already written That's right. Runner, and then he continued to be a very successful screenwriter. And Max Reed, as far as I can tell, has directed some short films, but I actually couldn't find anything else about him on the internet. So I have no idea. I'm sure he's having a lovely life. Yeah, shout out. You know, um, hit us up on uh, social media if you're if you're out there and you want to talk about this movie with us, um, or don't because don't listen to the podcast. Bad podcast. Um, <laughs> starring Ian's really bad at self promotion. Don't listen to the podcast. Oh, don't, it's terrible, don't. but I fucking love it. It's so vain of me, but I love this podcast. Yeah. I'm having a nice time. Starring <laughs> Robert Nepper, apparently best known for Prison Break. I never watched Prison Break and has worked pretty steadily in film and TV since wait, Wild w- Thing. Wait, the main character? Yeah, Robert Nepper, Wild Thing himself. Prison Break? Yeah. What, the... M- the TV show? The n- recent TV show, fairly recent Wentworth, TV show. Yeah, with Wentworth Miller and stuff. I mean, that TV Who show is, is he? like 15 years old. I don't know. I didn't write that down. I don't know. Because <laughs> if he's like the older I'm brother the, I'm in not, that. No, he's not the older brother. I was going to say like, whoa, he thicked up. <laughs> the old, yeah. Isn't the older brother Dominic Purcell? Yeah, he's Australian or something. Yeah. yeah. Mm, yeah. No. Dreamboat. Okay. <laughs> this is just going off the rails already. And Catherine Quinlan, uh, who I know from Apollo 13. She was nominated for an Academy Award for that movie, but is also pretty successful working on stuff. Screenplay was by John Sayles, who is an indie writer-director. He wrote – I'm not really familiar with his work, but he wrote a bunch of genre movies basically to fund his independent films. Um, probably most famously, he wrote – the screenplay for Night Skies with Spielberg that was later reworked to become E.T. Shit. Yeah. So he's got some uh, credentials and with a story by Larry Stamper and I don't know anything about Larry Stamper. Trailers. Great trailers. We got some trailers. We got three trailers. And they actually had voiceovers this time, unlike that weird Steel Justice. Yeah. Ugh. They trained him to kill. Good morning. Then they turned him loose. It's a trap! And for 12 years, he tried to forget. The word ever ended for you, John. You can't go back 12 years. You know, nothing seems right since then. Baldy! But he can't forget his friends. Or forgive his enemies. 
man's an assassin. The future is unlimited. But I still have the edge. Go ahead, take on the whole Vietnamese mafia. I believe we are talking about your wife. But I gotta do something. Steel's bad. You cannot stop him. All you can do is kill him. He isn't being recruited. He's being unleashed. Never underestimate the power of a peaceful man. It'll take an army to stop them. That's why I'm here. Steal justice when all that is left is simple honor. Fuck. Why haven't we watched that movie? Uh, why did I not know that that movie existed? You didn't know it existed? I had never heard of Steel Justice. But it's it got Sensei a, in it. It's, it's Sensei Kyle Reese. Um, it's Kyle, not only... Kyle Reese. It's <laughs> Kyle Reese's from Terminator God. Why are we doing this in the morning, my brain? It's my, not even just the evil Sensei from Karate Kid. It's evil Sensei from Three Ninjas. Uh, <laughs> He's the villain in it. Jesus Christ. I don't remember. I know that I watched Three Ninjas. Three Ninjas 2, the one where they go to Japan. All I remember is is the... No, it is three, where they go to Japan. Kick back. This is a bad podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But that movie does seem like the kind of trash cinema we're into. Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely going to be looking for that on eBay. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so Martin Cove, uh, Sensei Kreese from The Karate Kid and Cobra Kai, playing maybe the same character? Um, Ronnie Cox from Robocop. Uh, the villain from Robocop is the cop in Steel Justice that is going to unleash <laughs> Martin Cove. Uh, he's playing a Vietnam war vet looking for revenge on the Vietnamese mafia, maybe? Yeah, and that really kind of looks like a Death Wish be... Rambo knockoff. You need an army yeah. to defeat them. That's why they sent me. <laughs> yeah. Can I just ask, is the character that he's playing in the new Karate Kid show, The Cobra Kai, is that the like are they the same person? But like you know how he talks about like his war flashbacks. Is that still justice? That's what I just I made that joke already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's really early again. We should not do this. Well, no, we should definitely not be doing this early in the morning. Uh, yeah, I made that joke already. Yeah, I apologize. It was funny. I laughed. Yeah, you were clearly paying attention. <laughs> I found a review for Steel Justice on, Ooh, on the on the internet. From Janet Maslin of the New York Times, from it's a contemporary one from so when it was released. Still, Justice isn't designed as a comedy, but it does earn <laughs> high marks for inadvertent humor. Martin Cove wears a band aid across the bridge of his nose during much of the film, and it is by far the most expressive thing on his face. <laughs> that, is, that is savage. That's fucking <laughs> brutal. I love a brutal review. Who wrote that review? Janet Maslin of the New York Times. Fuck that. The New York is Times were not right into up. this movie. <laughs> oh. Well, wow. most expressive thing on his face was the a band-aid. band-aid. Wow, it's like just vicious. Uh, so I think I'm going to be uh, trying to track down a copy of that movie. Yeah, fucking earth. I'm I've keen. Never, I've never seen it. Um, and follow this lady's reviews. <laughs> she sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, followed by Slate, Win, and Me, an Aussie crime caper about two brothers on the run. Holy shit, we're set for life. The boys are Slate and Win. The notorious Jackson brothers. They really never meant to do anyone any harm, but things just turned out that way. Turned out wrong. So they're on the run, on a ride across a very special place where nobody asks too many questions about who you were before you got there. This part of the world was made for them. 
It was raw. It was beautiful. It was untamed. Just like Slate, Wynn, and May. I'm an My baby beside me at the wheel. I stole a kiss at the turn of the mile. My curiosity running wild. Cruising and playing the radio. With no particular place. Simon Burt. Martin Sachs. And the girl from the man from Snowy River, Sigrid Thornton, as Blanche McBride, a school teacher in a wrong place at the wrong time. Now a hostage, but soon more notorious than both brothers ever were, Slate, Wynn, and me. Clyde, they were outlaws, living each day as free spirits with a price on their heads, dead or alive. I didn't want to bring her, you did. Well, she's pissed off now, let's go. Come on, let's go. Late. She's one of us. You make me stay here, I'm finished. You want to stop me? Go right ahead. reward out for you and I hear they're not fussy with your breathing or dead meat they knew it wouldn't go on forever but it sure was a hell of a ride while it lasted slate win and me um so Aussie very very Australian uh, Martin Sachs from Blue Healers which are only mean something if you're an Australian listening to this. Mm. And Simon Birch, uh, another mostly uh, TV actor from Australia. And Sigrid Fulton, or she's is introduced in this trailer, the girl from the man from Snowy River. Yeah. 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 <laughs> she's done a lot of things, hasn't she? Yeah, she's a kind of an Australian legend. She's in, yeah. tons, she's in tons of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I never knew her face. Yeah, I'd never heard of this movie and it didn't look particularly interesting. It looked fairly yeah. like a generic. It looked very Aussie. It was yeah. so Aussie. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how like uninteresting Aussie cinema is to a lot of Aussies. But, but like, it I'm might sure, be really nice overseas. Yeah. Other people might find it adorable. <laughs> yeah, I know you love your Australian cinema. I do, but I like Australian genre cinema. Mm. This seemed like a fairly straight ahead kind of like yeah. crime drama. Which Australians also do. Bonnie and Clyde with three people. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's didn't they and try and say that in the yeah. trailer? Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. So, um, uh, my only question about this one was at the end: was that a tobacco filter? Oh, I didn't even notice. Oh, I wanted what to know. Tobacco filter for the sunset at the end. I do love me a tobacco filter. I thought it was, but I wasn't sure. That was very technical. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, my God. You don't know what a tobacco filter is? No, what's going on? How long have you worked in this industry, bro? (laughs) (laughs) Guys, you are the two people who taught me everything I know. (laughs) If we didn't teach it to you, then you don't know it. it. It's a a lens filter, right? So you would be shooting a scene that you wanted to appear like sunset, like a golden sunset. And so you literally have a gradiated filter that is orange at the top and goes down to to clear, like a gradient. And then so you would shoot scenes with that on it 
so that it looks like it was shot at sunset, even though it could have been a blue sky. It turns so the blue there are sky some into a, like Western sunset. movies that just have that over the whole thing, and they look ridiculous. Very, very <laughs> big, in, very big in the eighties. Tony Scott movies, like so, Beverly Hills Cop two, uh, which uh, the guy in the first trailer was from as well. Uh, Ronnie Cox, yeah, yeah, he's also in, in Beverly Hills Cop. I love a tobacco filter. I love it. <laughs> I, I've wanted to find a, an excuse to use a tobacco filter, and we never, and we never have. See, that's why I asked you because I thought it was the kind of thing that would I jump out at you. To be honest, I didn't. I didn't notice, but yeah, sharp eye. Thank you. Third, mm. third trailer. The Fucking n- nutcracker. The motion picture. Ever since there has been Christmas, there have been Christmas stories to delight the child in all of us. Some have been cherished from generation to generation. One will live forever. This is the Nutcracker. Atlantic Entertainment is proud to present the motion picture debut of the world's most spectacular holiday fantasy. This is the timeless story of a young girl's dream come true. A magical journey into a world of mystery and romance. Now, from Carol Ballard, director of The Black Stallion and Never Cry Wolf, with the artistry of illustrator Maurice Sendak. The fantasy. The music. The adventure. The Nutcracker. The beginning sounded like it was going to be introducing some terrifying Christmas film, like a Christmas horror film or something. The trailer was terrifying. And And then it was The Nutcracker. But it was just a filmed stage show, yeah? Yeah. This is a trailer I remember as a child. I'm sure that I saw this trailer, if not on this movie, on on other movies. Yeah, I feel like I saw it too. The imagery, the imagery was like, I was like, oh, fuck, I've seen this before. This freaked me out as a kid. Is it the big puppets that were the problem? Yeah, probably. The trailer name checks um, uh, Maurice Sendak, author of Where the Wild Things Are, who helped oh, with the cool. design for the original stage play. And it is basically just a filmed version of a stage play. It was shot in 10 days and it looks like it. <laughs> <laughs> so from, from the trailer, pretty kind of, I guess, you know, unremarkable. It was, yeah, it was batshit insane to watch that trailer. I fucking just have in my notes, nutcracker, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I absolutely 100% agree with nutcracker, no. Yeah. <laughs> that was our trailers. Moving on to Wild Thing. Mm. Wild Thing. So my backstory with this movie is that it was buried deep in my power station. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. I'd forgotten that this movie existed. For a very, very long time I'd forgotten this movie existed. Until fairly fairly recently, as Kira mentioned at the end of the last episode, uh, pro wrestler John Moxley from AEW uses the song Wild Thing as his entrance. When he started using that song, it basically created sparks in my power station. To remember that this movie that this movie exist- existed, you're the worst. I hate you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think they intended it as a reference to another movie that uses the song "Wild Thing," which is Major League with Charlie Sheen. And when Mox first started coming out, they used the original version of the song by the Trogs, which is the version that is used in this movie. A mainstay. 
here is the champion, the fighting champion. Whereas in the in Major League, Charlie Sheen comes out to a cover version by the punk band X, and AEW quickly switched to the to the X version. Out of Las Vegas, Nevada, his official weight is two hundred thirty-four pounds. I think because it was the Trogs version of Wild Thing, that was what got my brain going in terms of remembering that this movie existed. I actually didn't remember the title. Like I had the song Wild Thing in my head, but I didn't remember that the movie was called Wild Thing. I just had this imagery of a crazy guy in a city maybe being a super superhero. And I tried to write down <laughs> I tried to write down the things that I was um that I remembered and basically my notes are noted to goth Tarzan that helps people. <laughs> and the circular, there's a circular window. For some reason, the circular window just was stuck in my, stuck in my yeah, brain. Yeah, the spider web window. This, yeah, yeah, so I have no idea. So that was all I kind of rem- remembered of, of this movie until I found it and then found a VHS copy of it on eBay. And here we are. What I really fucking hated about this movie <laughs> <laughs> was how... No, 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 look. It was a depth into my psyche, which like it was a journey into my psyche that I really uh, uh, didn't appreciate because it just frustrated me and I couldn't figure out why. But what I hated was how everything felt like it was a set that was made, like nothing felt real in the movie. And that that those kinds of movies where everything feels like a fake set really irk me and I don't know why. That's a, that's an interesting thing. Yeah, maybe we can figure it out and this can be my kind of therapy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's um let's let's table that. We'll get into that a little yeah. deeper later. Yeah. Do you guys want to recap the premise of Wild Thing for those that may not have seen it? Is it whose turn is it? I mean I can certainly give it a go. You've done the last two podcasts. Yeah. So awesome. I'll well. give it a try. Wild Thing is about a young boy whose parents get killed by a blue coat and a Street thug drug dealer man with a cool coffee table. Um, he then gets taken in by a homeless lady who seems to be a little bit crazy and she teaches him weird things about the world and his power station. She then dies and he turns into Tarzan of the city. Again, you're recapping. Do you guys not understand what the premise of a movie is? The premise of the movie is that this man is Tarzan but he's in a city and <laughs> his parents died at a young age because they were shot by blue, blue coats. She did a perfectly good recap. You're, what you're looking a, for is no elevator I'm after, the, I'm after the premise. Like if somebody said, hey, what's Wild Thing about? You'd be like, It's about oh, Tarzan so, of the city. It's basically Tarzan in the city. It's Tarzan in the city. Unfortunately, it doesn't. This movie does not even appear in the Halliwell's Guide to Film from the year two thousand. <laughs> Just not in it. Uh, very obscure. Um, even on on Letterboxd, it, it only has like two hundred views. So mm-hmm. this movie has definitely fallen into <laughs> obscurity. I don't think I it can is, understand. That. I don't think that it's existing in the uh, very much in the uh, 
collective conscious of the uh, of the universe. So I think it should. It's a good movie. We'll get, well, yeah. <sighs> you hurt my heart sometimes. <laughs> Looking for contemporaneous reviews was a problem because of the movie Wild Things from 1998. Yep. The erotic sleaze Miami, oh, uh, Florida film. thriller. Great film. It is. A, that's a good fun movie. And so after I got distracted by looking at images from that movie for about three hours. Insane. <laughs> <laughs> I, I dig. And I, uh, I dug a little deeper and found two reviews from 1987. The first one from Walter Goodman of the New York Times. Max Reed's direction is nearly incoherent in places. A relief from the coherent passages. The acting generally suits the material. (laughs) That's so good. I love a savage review. That is so good. Even if a movie I love, like or a movie I enjoy greatly, I love a savage review. I just love how snide the remarks are. Yeah, there's an art to the very to there's an art that I don't think exists because of the internet to the the cutting. Review. Mm. It's like haiku, the cutting word. You know, it's how little, how little can I say, but how much sting can I give? Yeah. And then late Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun Times wrote, "There's a movie here, all right. The question is, where is it? And how did Wild (laughs) Things so decisively miss so many opportunities to do something with it?" Fuck. That is that is so true. There are so many opportunities in this film to be fucking cool, and every single one of them were missed because. If anything I can say about this movie, it's not cool. <laughs> no. I would I mostly I mostly agree with Ebert. I think that there's heaps of fun elements in this movie. Yeah. And I had a good time with it. I, yeah. I had a good time with it. But it never rises above a couple of cool kind of moments. Like all the pieces are really interesting, but yeah. the, the but the total isn't doesn't really mesh. There are, but there there's are. some really fun stuff. I did enjoy I watched this movie twice and I definitely had a more fun time the second the second time. Mm. I, I there are three or four scenes in this where I'm like, that was a fucking dope scene. I loved that. And then everything else I was just like, oh, why didn't you do X? Why didn't you do Y? Like, oh, it could have just been better if you didn't include that fucking ham fisted thing that you just included. But we'll get into that. Yeah. Kira? I liked it. I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> You don't have any issues with it whatsoever. I mean, it's not my favorite film, uh, but I don't. I, I didn't have a problem with it. It was fine. It was Are you a big cat person? I have a cat friend at the moment. Who I mean, I'm, we're both big, big. I, cat I know. This. I mean, I'm not a big cat person, to be honest. I'm a dog person and a bird person. Yeah, but there is a cat that lives next door to us who's about to move away. So I have an emotional issue with cats at the moment because I'm scared to lose my cat friend. Fair enough. Because my cat friend's moving away. And that may have persuaded you to care more about the uh, cat boy. I mean, I liked that. I I definitely liked that he made a cat friend when he was little and the cat friend was still around all the way to the end of the movie. I just love that. (laughs) The cat literally has one of the best scenes in the movie. What do you mean? We'll get to it. The cat legitimately has the best scene in the movie. I mean, that cat is a good. That's a good movie on cat. camera cat. That yeah, is a, that's a that's great, actually very that true. Very I didn't think about a cat being fucking hard to wrangle. Yeah, that cat has acting chops. <laughs> <laughs> that cat has timing. I love that he's like the scary conceit of him being out in the fucking hood is, you know, he can turn into a cat. Like, who's gonna be fucking scared of that? Kids. <laughs> Kids. 
You are an apologist for this film and I am not accepting it. I'm not an apologist for this for this movie at all, but I think that that, that whispers in the jungle, like folklore, urban legend Look, it does thing, come into play and they use it really well. Kind of is kind of fun. Yes, but that's what I'm getting at as well, where it's like, it's not cool. It's not fucking cool to turn into an alley cat. That's not going to get people scared. I mean- Tell that to the to the people that very much enjoyed the global smash of Cats the Musical, oh. which I've not seen and will never see. Yeah, I'm in that camp. Fuck that. Do we want to make our way through yeah, through, the, through the motion picture? Starting in 1969, we open with uh, White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane, and Dad. just so that you know, it's the 60s. They're in a combi van. There's a peace sign medallion, and they are dressed like cult members. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as that song started playing, I was like, fuck, this is going to be a journey, this film. That song's in The Matrix. (laughs) That song is in lots of things. I know, but I know it from The Matrix trailer. (laughs) Recently and also in the movie and the movie itself. It's used uh, in Matrix Resurrections. It's also in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. It's Mm. lots of movies where you need to create the 60s. It's a very 1960s song. Yep. It has that 60s sound to it. So we're introduced to some hippies. In a uh, in a combi van that are headed into the into a city <laughs> with their little boy, and they pick up a they are like the most cliched hippies of yeah. all time. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Um, Everything about this film makes me laugh. I fucking cannot bear it. The in, little boy in this van has no idea what the fuck is going on for his whole part in the movie. No, he is so doe-eyed. He has no idea what he's doing. Yeah, he looks like he's high on cough medicine. <laughs> yeah, he looks like they stole him from somewhere, he's and he's just like, "Why am I here?" Yeah. So in um, they pick up they pick up a hitchhiker as they're heading into the city. In kind of quick flashes from Muppet Baby Wild Things point of view, we get um, we learn that the hitchhiker is a is a drug dealer. He's pretty shifty and things go sideways like really, really, really fast. Um, we get introduced to the town, which is the extra character of this film. <laughs> yeah. We get, well, they come into the, we don't know it's the zone yet, but they yeah. come into the zone and which. Um, At this is, point, I, cause I had no context of the film. I wrote, is this a sixties post-apocalyptic movie? Yeah. Uh, like that's exactly what it seems first so far into the film until you see maybe a blue coat. We get introduced to Chopper. He is name checked, so you do learn his name there. He's kind of a punk biker guy. Look like looks like a discount Che Guevara. <laughs> uh, it's Robert Darby. Yeah, he's he's like my man. I've seen him in a bunch of shit. Yeah, so he's one of the Fratellis from the Goonies. Oh. He's Agent Johnson in uh, his big Agent Johnson in Die Hard. So he's one of the FBI guys in, yes. in Die Hard. He's in tons of tons and tons of stuff. He's definitely going to be in movies we cover on the podcast. He fucking chooses the scenery in this oh, film. Oh, he chooses the scenery. I fucking everything, love it. Everything yeah. he's in. Um, he's the saving grace to this film. I feel. Yeah, he's in um, a couple of the Maniac Cop movies, which we may watch, and uh, the Taking of Beverly Hills, which is a, a '90s action, late oh, '80s action masterpiece. That sounds great. Yeah. Uh, he kidnaps Wild Thing's parents and the hitchhiker. Yeah, and that there is a scene where, like, he pushes himself into the van where the hippie chick, the mother, she knows she's only on screen for, like, two seconds and she fucking gives it her all. She goes from a chill hippie chick to the loudest, most panicked fucking, no, stop, ever in my life. Like, it's just off the leash, fucking going for it. 
Chopper feeds the hitchhiker a, a handful of pills that just seem to kill him instantly. Did yeah. he OD really quickly or did he suffocate on the pills? I don't think it matters. Yeah, I think he just needed to die. Like, I Because think- you can't die that quickly from taking pills. <laughs> That's one of the things that made me laugh so early on in this movie. And like the fact that the pills were all like just completely multicoloured. Yeah. yeah, which is what makes me think that he must have, if they were going to explain it, they would... Surely he suffocated on the pills. Like they put so many down his throat that he died as opposed to ODing on pills, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 It makes and- way more sense that he suffocated, but like I don't think there's that much thought being put into this film. Like that, I'm like, or they cut forward, like maybe it was supposed to take longer, but they were like, well, we don't need it, so they cut it out. It's, yeah, it's edited like it's from the kid's point of view, so you don't really get like there's a lot of you know fades to black and then fade back up or cut to the kid and then and then cut back. So and you don't actually see him die. You just hear him die. Yeah. There's no shot of him actually choking on pills, which adds to the confusion. You don't see him choking on pills. You don't see him over overdosing. You just hear him die. Maybe yeah. that was screen. I was going to say so maybe that's maybe that's an him. artistic choice. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's bad staging. Maybe it's an editor thinking the performances were trash and trying to create something new out of it. I was going to say maybe it's like to avoid getting a higher rating, but like on some of the deaths that happened towards the end of this film, like <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter. No, I yeah, mean, I this is this is rated M in Australia, so for mature, mature audiences. A cop shows up and you would think that that's a good thing, but it's not. It's uh, the cop is a character called Trask, played by Maury Kaken. Trask is like such a generic like bad guy name. I swear it's in other movies as well. Uh, played by yeah, played by Maureen Kaken from uh, has a very memorable scene in Dances with Wolves and is also in the movie Cutthroat Island. Yeah, uh, he man. he shows up and uh, turns out he's a bad guy as well. Um, well, they don't play that moment very long. Like he rocks up and you think, oh, he's going to save the day, but like because he turns into a baddie almost instantly, you don't get that beat of relief. No, which is a shame. Again, I don't think that. That much thought got put into it? I think you say not thought. I think that there's a difference between not thinking about something and not having the skills to execute something. Ooh, big call. Right. So I think that... I would never say that someone doesn't have the skills because I don't have the skills. I mean, I don't know if I've got the skills either. <laughs> I just talk a lot of shit into a microphone. Yeah, that's but, true. Um, yeah. It, it just it is what Because it is. it's definitely there. So you're right. It's definitely there, but they didn't execute it very well. Mm. So the parents are killed and the little boy uh, runs away while they are just while Trask and Chopper are disposing of the bodies. This is a fucking ridiculous scene, first of all, because that kid just still doe-eyed, just knows to run out, runs straight to his mark and then keep running and he runs outruns two adults. But then Jumps into a fucking like a stormwater outlet. But okay, like, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. Oh my god, I'm just worried about that actual kid because like he actually jumped into that water. No, and, he like, didn't. That was that was it, definitely we, a stunt man that is an to adult a, to, an, to a small adult. Stunt <gasps> so I was man. like, if that kid jumped in that water, that kid died. I have written clearly not the kid jumping into the water. Yeah, it was very, clearly very, not. very obviously a small man in a wig. Yeah, <laughs> like that was not the child. I can't believe I missed that. I was so worried about that kid. In terms of the kid hitting his mark or whatever, like and running outrunning the cops, it kind of, uh, the guys. It makes sense because he climbed. He he's little and he went under the thing, and then they have to go. They can't follow him. Yeah, but there's so another scene where they're like 
pretty much if one of them sprinted like adults can do and childs <laughs> can't, like they would have caught him. There is some definite movie running in this, yeah. which is where I'm going to move my arms fast. So it looks like I'm moving quickly, but I'm not going to actually move fast because I'd be moving too fast for camera mm. or I'd run out of the shot too quickly. There's a very specific piece of that later that, mm-hmm. is, that I just like lost. I've lost my shit out of. I was just like, that is ridiculous. <laughs> um, uh, Future Wild Thing jumps into a stormwater outlet and then is found downriver by a homeless lady, Leah. Mm. And she takes him in, which may not. No. Maybe. Uh, although the catalyst for the entire rest of the movie. May not have been the best thing for Wild Thing. Yeah, no, I think if he'd been taken in by anyone else, he probably would have had a different experience mm. and maybe learnt to talk properly. This is clearly <laughs> a film about someone who has severe trauma and the person who raised them having a severe mental illness. Mm. Um, and they're the heroes of our film. <laughs> yeah. And Leah obviously has some pretty serious mental health issues. She has her own strange language, uses the company um, blue coats, which are which are cops. That wasn't me this time. It wasn't me. I'm on airplane mode. Oh, I may have turned mine back on. Busted <laughs> <laughs> it. Fuck. It's always you. Fuck. Has to be me. Such a dickhead. Um, yeah, blue coats for cops. Company for government or just like general life? Authority. Yeah. Anybody okay. who's not a street person. Mm. Anybody who seems to be in charge mm. is the company. Users. 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 And the companies seem to be interchangeable. Yeah, users doesn't really come back. The company yeah. comes back, but users doesn't really come back. And as we've already said. Well, white coats scramble your eggs. Oh, and, white coats as well. I forgot about that. And zap your power station. Power station. Which uh, refers to one's brain, I assume. Yeah. Well, we find out exactly what that all meant later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty clear from the, the start. Like, she obviously had some had some issues and had some yeah, electrotherapy. We, well, I don't know whether it was obvious that she had electrotherapy at the well, start. When, when she said they scramble your power station, I was like, oh, okay, right. That's what happened with you. Yeah. We learned the very important lesson. Do we, do we all write down the very important lesson? Uh, which is, I definitely did, but you just, you repeat it. Or smell drip water. Oh, right. (laughs) Yeah. And then she doesn't even smell it to tell him whether or not it's. She doesn't really teach him what, what to be smelling for. And, and, um, and it never comes back up. But this is the first kind of real strong analogy. I don't know, uh, 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 to Tarzan, you know? Like drip water, you know, you can see them huddled around like somewhere where they're trying to find water. If they had been in the jungle, yeah. it would have been water dripping from a fern or something. Yeah, and yeah so absolutely. Yeah, so I see the what they were trying to do there, but like I said, like not cool, not pulled off very well. It doesn't lead anywhere. Yeah, yeah. The kid miming that it, that his parents got shot by doing the finger gun to his head, that was, that. I, I liked that. Yeah, it's a nice, uh, that was a nice little touch, the finger gun. I thought he acted that well. 
Yeah, true. And you see he's not talking even at that stage. Yeah. Because he's clearly a traumatised boy with serious issues. And serious this, PTSD. This well, mental he would be. woman. His kids just, his, this kid's parents just died in front of him. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. But what we see take place over the next couple of scenes is an insane person who lives on the streets clearly taking advantage of a traumatised boy to get her food. It I is so I don't think that she's doing it for bad reasons, though. I think she saw it. No, she's not. Traumatised yeah. kid and was like, oh. Oh, well, I'll, I'll take care of you then. She doesn't see herself as... A user. As, well, she doesn't see herself as doing the wrong thing. She sees herself as rescuing this kid from the blue coats and the white coats and all of the bad things in the world. Because yeah. she's clinically insane. Yeah, but she doesn't know that. Yeah, yeah, but, like, that's... All I'm saying is this film is displaying something that we're meant to see as, like, oh, cute, oh, she takes care of him and he takes care of her, but, like, it's actually a really insane older homeless woman using a young traumatised boy who has no other options. I don't know if she's using him. I think I don't know where the using comes from. I think that within her reality she wants to protect this child that she's found. Yeah, 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 in her reality. But what we're watching as the audience is severely fucked up. All he does is steal some fruit. Which we're going to get into. 1975. And hunt pigeons and shit. Oh, my God, the pigeon hunting. I think he's happy to do that. I don't think she's, like, forcing him to... Yes, but should a child be doing this for a homeless woman? No, no but, but if he'd been taken, he, he might have been taken in by drug dealers that used him as a mule. He could have been taken in I by. I think they're both equally bad lives. Like, yeah, this guy is living on the street a, eating pigeon meat. <laughs> Tasty. <laughs> Tastes like chicken. I just don't think that I, I just wouldn't want to paint her as the villain because I don't think that she's doing the wrong thing from in, her perspective. The, she's not trying the consequences to do the wrong of, thing. The consequences of her actions on Wild Thing are traumatic and horrendous, but from her perspective, she doesn't know any different. Yeah, it's not like I, she's making a conscious choice to corrupt him. Yes. She's trying to do the best she can within the confines of her mental illness. Yeah, I, I'm, we're in total agreement. Yeah, here. but the way that you're talking seems like you're trying to like, like, vil- like, kind of villainize. I her. just think it's important that we recognize that this film is, is not a good fucked. way to write a children to raise children. Yes, <laughs> this film is fucking buckled in the way that it is trying to display what is good and what's right. I think it's, conf- yeah, but I don't think it's depiction trying to is not endorsement. That, yeah, that. I- <laughs> I don't think that they're trying to say this is good or we should let children be Tarzan in the city. I think that it's it's a story. It's, yeah, it's how it's does just, this happen? It's, how, it's, how it's it exactly happens. the same as like Tarzan. It's up, it's, a child is, shouldn't be raised by gorillas either. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're saying two different things, right? So in the conceit of the movie, she's good. And in her worldview, she's good. I don't think the movie posits her as being good. The movie posits her as being desperate. And it being like the movie just presents her as being who she is. The movie is not actively saying that this is that she's doing the right or the wrong thing. The movie's not being judgmental about it at all. I think you were being judgmental about it watching it. Yes, yes, I am. Yeah, but but that's different to what the movie is different to what the movie is trying to do. The movie needs a setup. The movie needs a reason for Wild Thing to be Wild Thing. Yeah, sure. And so Leah is that reason. I'm not arguing that Wild with Thing the is the way the, the way, movie. way he is. What I'm just trying to show is it's fucked. Oh, like yeah. this movie and the conceit of this movie is okay. fucked. So I think the situation is fucked. I don't think the movie is fucked. 
Uh, that's where that's where that's what I'm arguing with you about because the the movie is telling the is telling the story. Depiction is not is not endorsement. I don't think that this movie is saying in any way that the way that Leia, Leia raises this child is a good thing. Okay, I think to to respond to that, yes, it's a movie. The main conceit of the movie has to happen, but. I was extremely worried for Wild Thing the whole movie. I was like, this guy is clearly, no one is helping this man. Like everyone who sees him, his love interest just like follows his fucking insanity and like gets down with it. Where is this person? Like the clear, clearly the same person in this movie was his love interest. And instead of helping him or going like, you need like actual help and I can do that because I'm like kind of on your side. She just fucks him and goes along with his conceit. I mean, I forgot what we were up to. <laughs> we were up to when... Finger gun. Yeah, we see Wild Thing hunting pigeons with a tennis racket, which is pretty fucked up. He's teen Wild Thing now. Um, we get introduced to the kind of cast of, of uh, you know, bizarre and interesting homeless people. Which in, I love. The They're dope. The dude matadoring the car. So cool. I love that guy. We get introduced to the, the gentleman without legs. Who pushes himself around on a trolley? Whose name I unfortunately did not did not catch. I don't think he gets name checked whatsoever. Yeah, and I couldn't spot his name in the credit. He steals fruit um, and practices some tai chi, which is going to come back later. <laughs> that was get, very cute. Yeah, we get some, um, some. Is that meant to say that he like knows kung fu now? He's learning from his surroundings. He's seeing stuff and learning from it. Yeah, yeah like okay. you like you would when if you were Tarzan in the jungle. Like yeah, okay. swing, swing, you know, around because you watch monkeys swing around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. I didn't get that. That's nice. Yeah. You um, notice that with all the sounds he copies as well because he, he, there's a scene where he's like making the same sounds as the birds and the cats yeah. and everything. Yeah. yeah, that was cool. We've got some jungle music because we're clearly in an urban jungle. And, yeah, Wild Thing kind of learns to kind of speak cat a little bit. And he um, he does watch uh, a couple uh, get it on yeah. from, from, a, from a rooftop. Yeah. I don't want to go too far into it again, but it's extremely fucked up. Like he has no supervision. He has, I'm extremely he worried about hung wild up thing. On, hung up on, on the, like, this is the, like, this is the it's movie. It's the conceit of the movie. The I get yeah, that, like, but I'm just extremely worried about the mental health of wild thing. He is so messed up. The thing is, is that if you think about places like Skid Row or any of those kind of like um, homeless communities in the United States. This is kind of what they're like in that sense that they are that they're this insular community of homeless people where they know each other and they don't go to authority. That's why murders and stuff happen in those communities and people just go missing because even when they see something, their experience with the cops is we just get treated badly. They just lock us up for no reason. We don't trust them. So in reality, if he, if that little kid had been picked up by pretty much anyone in that community, they probably wouldn't have gone, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call the cops. What yeah. they would have done is gone, I'm going to do the best I can for this kid. They might have given him to the priest guy, which is w- what we meet later. But it's it as much as this is a very fantastical version of, of reality, there is some, I think, you need to look at it from the perspective of that. It's not so fantastical that it's just like, well, this is fucked, this is unbelievable, because the reality is there are actually kids out there in Western cultures that grow up being raised by mentally unstable <laughs> homeless people. 
Yeah, but then that's, you that's mi- also then you the thing. Have... No one around has any problem with this clearly insane woman. No, but they the also don't like the but, Brody, authority. You're also watching a fucking comic book Tarzan movie from the 1980s set in yeah. the city. Like, I think that you were taking. Honestly, I think, and I say this as somebody who got deep in the weeds about craft with Salute of the Jugger, I think you're taking it too fucking seriously, man. Look, it's I'm not fun, at all. It's meant to be just a fun mo- fun movie. Now, I would, I agree that, that Leah does an unbelievable amount of damage to Wild. Yes, thank but you. But within the context and depiction of the movie, it sets up the movie. Yeah, and which I have no problem with the actual conceit of the movie. I know what has to happen. It's just... Fucked, and, and I also just the, wanted to have a laugh like, about it. <laughs> like you being concerned about him all the way through, I think you're supposed to be. Like so, so is his love interest. The people who do care about him do care about him, and are worried for him. Yeah, and, and I know it's so a movie, they're, so they're, I'm not actually concerned about yeah, it. Yeah, but you are supposed to be like on obviously on his side I, and want to protect him because because like Tarzan, there's that like childlike thing of this grown man, that's and you it, are though. supposed to be like on his side, on his side, and, and protective, that's the thing. and that's how they. Make are you that you, way. Are you not on Wild Things? But side? that's that's what because of the actual consent. That's what you've actually discovered. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> what I once again, we are almost an hour into a podcast, <laughs> and we have talked about two scenes. What I actually feel like what it possibly was is that throughout the whole movie, I'm questioning his actions through the lens of mental health and trauma. Like there's a scene, and I think it's the next scene where he visits the van. Yeah, he revisits the the combi van, which is now rusted out a rusted out shell, which is where he finds the kitten that will become. Like, the there's kitten. a scene like that in Tarzan. Like, mm. he kind of visits, like in some versions of Tarzan, he kind of visits the wreck or or wherever that his parents were. But this scene felt so fucking dark and weird. Like, he goes to the burnt out, destroyed van that was his parents, where there's still paintings of his like family splattered in their blood. Yeah. And I was just like, again, the scene in Tarzan, you think, oh, well, he's, he's, you know, he's still remorseful, he has trauma, blah, blah, blah. But in this, I was like, no, this kid is fucked and he can daily visit, like, his parents' like site of their death whenever he wants. Yeah, but so can Batman. Yeah, yeah, look, I get it. So can Peter Parker. I get it, I get it. It's done in a lot of things. This just clearly the guy is dealing with a lot of trauma trauma and i kept seeing that much more heavily and questioning his actions throughout the film because of it your perspective is interesting i had a nice time i had a great time watching <laughs> watching this movie i think I, it's I fun i don't think it's i i i don't think it's a great movie i don't even necessarily think it's a good movie uh but i in, but i enjoyed it i had a good i had a good time with it i did too um we did skip past uh wild thing watching some TV and then also he at the front of a tattoo store gets mm. freaked out by the flash of a skull and dagger um, tattoo, just like the one that he saw on the hand of the man that killed his parents, which is kind of important and we'll come back later. Mm-hmm. Very much the imagery of the movie, very much invoking like kind of New York in the eighties. Uh, movie was actually shot in Montreal. So it was actually shot in Canada. He finds the kitten, he goes home and Leah's got some type of injury that we never see how she gets, but it's all kinds of fucked up. I assumed it was from rats biting her legs while she was asleep. Oh, yeah. Abs- yeah. Probably, absolutely. Yeah, the devil's got her. Yeah. The devil's, that's another uh, word. Yeah. yeah. I watched the movie twice and that did not click Did not click with me. Yeah. It makes sense because the rats yeah, are actually on I, her. that's what I thought. That was a severely gnarly scene. It's pretty gnarly, yeah. yeah. So he uses a kind of, uh, Wild Thing uses a kind of homemade spud gun to chase off the devils. Mm. Um, and then Leah 
tells him some all kinds of fucked up stuff before before I think this next scene is when I started questioning like seriously I was like this is no this is someone who is not well taught boy when I go don't let the white coats have me they open you up on a table so that the little white coats can eyeball inside at your private business when I go don't leave nothing for the goddamn company. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Okay, I, I'm i with you on that it's really fucked up. Yeah, but like I being told th- fucked up things is one thing, but then being told to get rid of your body is another thing. Yeah, but it makes sense from, again, from Leah's world perspective. It yeah, makes sense. It so, very much does, and yeah. they do keep that throughout the whole film. Yeah, so uh, Leah dies while thing speaks for the first time, mm. says mama. And then he burns her body so the white coats. And burns the, their whole house, which is in the basement of an apartment. <laughs> I don't think it's an apartment. It's an abandoned building. Oh. The way I read that, it looked like an apartment and they, like, slipped into that, like, little... I think it's probably an abandoned, an abandoned building. We I can just I don't so. think the wild thing... Because he then sits there and watches the fire. <laughs> yeah, wild thing and his cat. We get a shot of wild thing and his cat with the with the, with the the flames. Yeah. Which is kind of fun. It's very, it, it is very comic book-y in a era before comic book movies. We jump to the present, which is immediately very 1980s. Mm. We get some synth music. We get a very Batman kind of sequence where we're introduced to some gang members, the Bloods, where the older punk gang members are scaring a young gang member Rashid with talk about wild thing like he's a like he's an urban legend that is one of my favorite scenes and I love it because one of them is wearing blue and he stands up and goes man Rashid if you want to be part of the bloods you have to stay in the zone for the night he's wearing blue like which is the crips color yeah but I don't think that this is it's not they're just called it's not a reference to the bloods and the crips how they literally say bloods. It's I think it's much more clearly based on types of movies from that era, which is like The Warriors and Escape from New York. And there are other movies that have like gangs that wear that have individual personalities that have like a very vis- distinct visual so that you understand them. In the Warriors, you've got, you know, the baseball furies yeah. and everything and all yeah. those kind of guys. Yeah. And then later on in the in there's um there's a sequence where we see some uh, guys that look like uh, Latino gangsters that have like tight white yeah. shirts and berets and stuff. So there's a there's a we're gonna make our like gangs kind of. This like is before uh, colorful. We see all the all the gangs paying tribute. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Lot, yeah, this okay, is cool. be, it's before that's that's later. Um, Matador guy is still kicking around. Yeah, <laughs> he, he um has an encounter with a taxi, in which we meet Jane. Yeah. Super subtle. Oh, Tarzan reference. <laughs> Fuck, I didn't even get it. Oh, my God. I'm such an idiot. You, Yeah, well. I'm such a fucking idiot. Guys, can we just go back to that gang scene? There is, sure. There is three things that happen there that is just fucking beautiful. The line about if you'd climb up and see those boots, they'd be covered in blood. Yeah. Fucking dope. Love that. And this is where we first get the conceit about him turning into an alley cat, which is like meant to sound tough. It does not. And then we get the clap as they walk away. I wish my friends and I could fucking like organize that clap as we walk away places. Do you not remember it? I'm gonna do it tonight, man. No sweat. I ain't afraid of no wild thing. Where? He ain't gonna make it. As they like walk away with Rashid tied to the pole, they like all lean in and clap. 
and then walk away at the exact same time. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Notice that. Uh, it was fucking awesome. Love the eighties. I wonder if the colorful gang thing and that particular type of thing comes from the Michael Jackson bad music video. This is the thing about like eighties movies. There's very strong like gangs that they always like talk about, and they're very like. Hyper, like separated, and the, well, they know, all have for dis- every group. Yeah, they have distinct personalities. And is it just a eighties movie trope, or I is like so. a gang violence like a really big thing? I mean, like in the eighties, New York, and if this movie is meant to be, evoke New York in the eighties, New York in the eighties was like hell. Like it was, there was abandoned buildings and drugs and crime and gangs everywhere. I don't think the gangs wore you know specific things. specific colors, but mm. it is definitely of the era. Okay, mm. at this point in the in the eighties. Like Times Square is still the center of like porno theaters and drug dealing and see, I didn't even have that history work. reference in my brain. I didn't realize it was like that. Oh yeah, it was yeah, like you didn't, go, you didn't go you didn't go down there in the eighties. I thought Times Square was always like the the feature of New York. No, no. no. In the, well, that's <laughs> where that's where most of Taxi Driver is set mm. in that in that part of that part of New York. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, like you didn't go there at all. Very interesting. I guess I knew that, but I didn't know. It didn't click in my brain. Hmm. And I think that that's the frame of reference. I mean, obviously, this movie is shown in Canada, but that's that's the kind of, the kind of frame. Yeah. Um. Again, there are no wide shots in this fucking movie, so we wouldn't know where we are spatially. No, I, I've got some geography talk later. <laughs> okay. We'll get into some geography talk later. So... Jane gets dropped off by a taxi driver who does not seem to be very good at his job because he just drops her off randomly on the yeah. other side of the zone. She uh, freaks out because she's a white lady in the wrong part of town, runs into Rashid, and Rashid gives us a little bit of exposition about the zone. The zone is where anything the cops don't want to know about goes on. It's where little white blonde girls don't be unless they're shopping their booties to the public. The chopper's goons show up and chase her. She doesn't seem to run very far before she just gives up. And this is where we get the, I'm moving my arms real fast. <laughs> There's a shot of her running where she is just pumping those arms, but her <laughs> legs are just not moving. This scene is actually interesting where she like stops running and rests on the car. And there's no way that they can be inside the car. No, she gets pulled into the car by the exact same goons. Yeah, and I was actually legitimately, like, surprised because it felt like a horror movie thing where, like, it's it's not possible that it can happen, but these guys have appeared inside the car and are pulling her in. It It was a very good moment for me. And we get a nice high angle shot looking down at the car as we pull back to reveal Wild Thing's feet and the cat watching from from a rooftop. He fires off his homemade crossbow. Jane bangs her head and the bad guys just kind of run off like Keystone cops, like an arrow comes near them and they just bolt. They're holding fucking handguns and they clearly see an arrow. What the fuck? Well, maybe it was the shock. Like this is, this is one thing from they Wild They know movie. it's Wild Thing. Wild Thing's legend. Uh, still, this guy wants to kill. We the, find out this character wants to kill anytime, anywhere. The legend of the jungle. Yeah. Um, Jane hits her head pretty badly. And then uh, Wild Thing abseils down the side of the <laughs> building, which is actually kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, is it? Yes. Yeah. It's a legitimate like piece of stunt. There's some legitimate stunt work in this in this movie coming up coming up later. Yeah. I mean, his rope work. Is, is, again, I didn't feel the, like, 
you know, the audience watching him doing his rope, like abseiling and stuff, I feel like they're impressed and going, oh, my God, that's cool. Oh, he's so cool. At no point do I think he's cool. I can't follow what the rest of the people in the film are going, oh, this guy's so cool and so exciting. He's the, he's the myth of the jungle, you know. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. I don't think, yeah, you don't know where you're going with that. <laughs> you guys clearly you don't agree like the, yeah. or have anything to say on it. Well, I just don't, I just don't agree with you. I think that the wild thing, in terms of the imagery of wild thing, I think is one of the kind of stronger points of the points of the movie. Like the, his, him as a urban Tarzan is one of the cooler, is like the, one of the only cool things that is in this, in this movie. Mm. We get a, we get our first shot of adult, um, wild thing and he's very much got an adamant vibe with the with the face paint uh he finds a business card for safe house which is very convenient and was where jane was heading why would they have business cards because it's the 80s <laughs> yeah fair so you, you need to know where it is <laughs> very true <laughs> very true uh and wild thing drops her off on the doorstep of safe house which is uh youth hostel where we, were, we meet Father Quinn. We were mentioning the Warriors before. The Wild Thing actor isn't the guy from the Warriors, is he? Like discount Heath Ledger? No. No? No. Also a good-looking man. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah, we meet Father Father Quinn, who is retiring and Jane is replacing or he's being moved on. That They're never really clear about that. And Jane is replacing him at this hostel. And we're going to go to the next, to the next day and... Jane is getting the kind of 10 cent tour of the neighborhood as Rashid talks to his gang about having seen the wild thing, even though they don't believe him, even though the previous night they were warning him about the wild thing. Yeah. We get introduced to a cop, a good cop named Winston. And we also get a very brief scene of wild thing painting Jane on the wall of his lair. Yeah. Yeah. Again, how do you not see this through a lens of like mental health? (laughs) Because... Because the movie doesn't... Painting with both hands, shirtless, with his hands, just, mm, yes, just painting her face as large as possible on the wall. He's Tarzan of the city. Mm. And also at this point it's not to do with Leah and everything else. It's that if, if he'd been dropped off as a, at the age that she died, he's now raised himself and this is what he's done with it. And I don't think that she was trying to turn him into Tarzan. <laughs> I think that I think that part he's done himself, the learning how to abseil and, and She did name him Wild Thing. <laughs> yeah. And everybody seems to know that he's called Wild Thing. Yeah. Well, I assumed that because our our homeless friends would like filter out like general conversation about yeah, like, oh, right. that would have been Wild Thing and that's how the myth right. got started. Yeah, okay. and then that's exaggerated exaggerated over time with other people mm. thinking that he can actually legitimately turn into a cat, yeah. which obviously he can't do. <laughs> but that's what I think Brody would have liked it if he could. But that's what um, you know, it would have been cooler. Like. No? We we meet Lisa and Paulie. Um a couple of street kids. Oh yeah. Yep. Um you probably just didn't remember their names. Lisa is played by Summer Cree, who's the voice of Susie from Rugrats. Ah. Very cool. Which I thought Kira would appreciate, yeah. being the big Rugrats fan that she is. Do you like Rugrats? I love Rugrats. Yeah, I grew up with Rugrats. Even I like Rugrats. Um, Chucky's the best. <laughs> uh, Lisa is a kid that's moving out of Safe Haven against her boyfriend Polly's wishes to move in with a girlfriend of hers whose work is dubious. Um, in the background, I did notice one little thing, which is that 
the exact same colorful umbrella from the opening of the movie in 1969 is being used in the back of the shot by di- by different people. Just a reuse of a prop. It just stood out. Just one of those things that kind of jumped jumped out at me. I don't even it's know what you're talking that about. that jumped out at you. <laughs> well, I watched the movie a couple of times. And, and you were paying attention to the umbrellas? The reason is, is because in the opening sequence, there's a shot of uh, Child Wild Thing looking out the compu van window and you see an extra putting up an umbrella. And then literally two shots later, you see the exact same action. Because it's probably filmed on the same day uh, with the same extras. Yeah, so it's the uh, same piece of action. So it caught my attention because it was like, oh, there's the exact same. It's not the same piece of footage. It's a slightly different angle, but it's yeah. obviously from the same piece of action. I know exactly right. what so it you're just caught about my brain. It just like popped out at me. And then when I, was watching the movie, catch. when I was watching the movie the second time, I was looking at things other than the main action because I was looking for looking for detail, and I noticed that the fact that I, that umbrella is there in the background—it's like really not even, not even—it's not like it's trivia. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just thought it was—it's just one of those things I noticed. Chopper and friends. Chopper has like glowed up. Robert Darby, my man, is in like full sleazy pimp, uh, like filthy get up, filthy Don Johnson mm. with his stubble and uh, his orange nineteen fifties Rolls Royce. I think. Mm-hmm. And reading GQ magazine, <laughs> yeah, with Arnie on the front, yeah, yeah, which is fantastic. He's yeah, definitely glowed up. Um, we get yeah, we get a kind of fun montage of of seeing how games. he runs the city, and we get to see some of those some of those gangs. I wish the gangs played a bigger mm. role in the like in the in the movie, more like you know the Warriors or something like that. Yeah, it, it, there was definitely an opportunity for the gangs to have some kind of frustration or hatred with Chopper and that's when, when the homeless people kind of get in league with Wild Towards thing. the end, yeah. Yeah, they, they might have helped but that didn't happen. No. Jane and Father Quinn just walk straight over and confront Chopper. Yeah, brazen. Yeah, Father Quinn just has zero fucks to give. Yeah. Just walks on over and goes, oh yeah, one of your men attacked Attacked this woman last yeah. night. The man who's standing right in front of me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and Chopper invites uh, the father over to see his new place because he's just redecorated. <laughs> there is a runner. There's a runner about the decoration. Like Robert Darby is just that's doing. True. Is just doing bits. <laughs> Fuck. That's about, true. About his about his interior design. Oh, that's such a great pickup. Thank you for that. That just makes me love. That makes me love this film a little bit more. But fucking Robert Darby, you god. Yeah, and we get a proper introduction to Dink, who's Chopper's head goon. He's the one with the multicolored hair, who kind of goes all the way all the way through it. At this point, the movie kind of made me think about similar movies of this era that have a kind of heightened world. So obviously, this movie takes place in a it's an unnamed city, and it has yeah. like that heightened world. So it's got those gangs and everything. But it made me think of. Uh, it also made me think of a little bit of like Streets of Fire. Which is another movie we might we're definitely going to talk about on the pod- cool. on the podcast, and the, we don't get a lot of that anymore. That kind of movie doesn't really exist. The last thing, last movie that I can kind of think of that has a that kind of heightened reality world that isn't a full blown like science fiction or or superhero, superhero movie is kind of John John Wick. Mm, kind of, you know, like, yeah, good shout. I mean, it's different. It's very different. It's not like I'm saying that. Well, yeah. John Wick is similar, but the idea that there's a there's this kind of slightly heightened world rea- yeah. reality. Um, no, that's really true. I was going to say like it might have been something like the Batman films, where it's like clearly a heightened world, but everything still feels real. Yeah, the Nolan Batman movies yeah. are maybe in that kind of realm. That kind of realm. 
Yeah. Especially maybe even Batman Begins where you have like the Narrows, you have the kind yeah. of Hong Kong, Kowloon Bay type thing in the yeah, middle of the Yeah, that's a great shout, yeah. Um, yeah, we don't, it feels like that's not something that, that kind of like low-key heightened world is not something we get anymore. We kind of get like full-on science fiction. You know what I, m- I think makes reality. it feel, it makes heightened worlds feel more real these days is the ability of like, I don't know, I'm, probably guessing here and you guys could probably jump in is the ability to have cheaper wide shots or like CG landscapes that make yeah, it feel like a, a world. I mean, this is a, it's, it's an entirely different argument, but there's also an over-reliance on that. I think that there is, there is benefit to limitation. I think the fact that we live, Very in, true. A, we live in a, in an age where you can just do anything in cinema actually makes things less interesting sometimes. That's very true. Like, I know I hated Salute of the Jugger when we started, but Salute of the Jugger is a great example of how they were so restricted restricted, and the subtleties in that film really made it for me. Yeah. Well, I think that there is a benefit to not having an unlimited mm. budget. Definitely. Having, having restrictions. You find more interesting solutions as opposed to, we'll just do a wide shot that's entirely CGI. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yep. augment, a, augment a plate. Yeah, but it, um, like we were saying, it does make it feel a little bit more within the realm of reality. Yeah. We get first meeting of like Chopper's gang at night. Is that it? Yeah. So we, we go to Chopper's kind of party lair. There's the circular window. The mm. circular window is in, is in, uh, is in Chopper's lair. Uh, very 1980s interior design. Lisa, it turns out, friend has gotten her a job at Chopper's party where she is clearly being introduced to sex work. Uh, Chopper's got a, like a fun little hidden compartment stash for his drugs, which I think is like not nearly. Uh, talk about things not being cool. That's not nearly as cool as it thinks it is. That it is the moment out of the way, and it pops and it pops up. That is the moment where I was like, "Oh right, this movie was entirely written on cocaine. Like this whole world is just entirely entirely conceived by being fucking the eighties and everyone on cocaine." Yep. Is this the coffee table we're talking about? Yeah, the coffee table. <laughs> I liked the coffee table. Yes. In real life, it would be quite fun if it moved and had those hidden compartments. Yeah. Chopper pimps Lisa out and he could literally be playing a Miami Vice Coke dealer of the week, which is surprising because it's something that Robert Darby never did. Yeah, I feel like as I looked as him up. that, I was like, didn't he? I, I looked him up. I watched, I've been watching Miami Vice old at Miami Vice episodes on and off for the past for the past year or so because it's actually quite good fun. And um, it's insane, the guest stars that they have on that show every week, but he's never been one of them. Hmm. The Business Lady song? Yes, yes, I wrote that down. Business Lady. This is the movie I feel was driven by pure cocaine. Yeah. That is the song that made me feel that. Did you hear the Business Lady song? No. Oh, my God. Well, that ruins an entire bit of the podcast. <laughs> Go on. So to once again expose ourselves a little bit too much, when Kira was working from home, <laughs> she's losing her shit already. When Kira was working from home, I would come home from work and she would still be working and I would sing this kind of made-up song about Kira being a business lady doing business. Yes. And I would change the lyrics all the time and just try to make it as ridiculous as possible just yes. to, to make, her, make her laugh. But there is literally a song in this movie that could be that song. <laughs> business <laughs> business lady doing business. It's insane. Was it? 
And you didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. I can't hear to be. <laughs> it was a large part of the scene. Okay. Literally, was it loud? The, literally, yeah, it's the song that's playing while while uh, Chopper pimps out Lisa and Lisa is taken into the into the bedroom. See, There's I this. remember that scene. I don't remember there being a business lady song. I feel like this needs to be played for me. Does someone have a laptop? It was um, the most eighties beautiful song. Let's see what we can do. Business lady. You mean business. Split skirt, silk shirt. Looking good, never hurt. All the corporate levels where you flirt. Business lady. Wasn't that a good song? Amazing. Yeah. It's just like the one that I sing to you. I think you should sing Brody your business lady song. No, we're not. <laughs> yeah, we, do don't, we don't need me singing on the podcast. Uh, Lisa is most definitely raped at that party. Whoa. Is that your take from that scene? I thought from what happened was she just went through with doing what she was there to do and then left because she wasn't happy. No, I think that. I think it that full on. Did she not know that she was that being put into? I don't think that she knew when she got to that party that that was the situation oh. she was being put into, or she was reluctantly. That's probably going right. Along. That's heavy. That was and a then, way heavier read of that scene than I realized. Yeah, I'm, I read that as like a flat out rape. Fuck, I definitely understand her very strong reaction afterwards. Now, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think she knew what was gonna gonna what was going down. Yeah, right. Yeah, because I don't think it was the kind of thing where she was like drag kicking and screaming because clearly we didn't see that. But yeah. that doesn't I make it. I suppose it did get not. a bit physical in the bedroom. Yeah, and yeah. She, it absolutely does. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and she obviously yeah. That I don't don't think that she knew that that was what she was signing up for when she turned up. Fucking heavy. Mm. Um, her running away. I this is terrible. But when she got into the the phone booth to call the cops, I legitimately thought that moment was going to be played for laughs. Because in the scene prior, our our love interest picks up a phone in a phone booth and the cord is cut. And I yeah, thought she right. was going to pick up the same phone. I was like, oh, no, please don't be right. doing this movie. Didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, back at the safe house, Jane doesn't know what crack is. <laughs> How the fuck did she get this job? It's the 80s. It would be on the news everywhere, she right? She doesn't know what the zone is. Did oh. she not know where the job was? She is completely underqualified and ill-informed. Does she even know what city she's in? I mean, we don't know what she, yeah. city she's in. But she she doesn't know. know what crack is. Yeah, that did, that did. I bumped on that a little. I feel like she should have known. But she like was the, moving into a drug city. Like, yeah, you she's completely unqualified. It would have like I wasn't around, but it would have been all over the news, right? Yeah, crack. Unless it, unless thing. the Reagan thing, made it a massive yeah. thing. Is it possible that it's not like it's the terminology? No. Like she'd know what cocaine is, but she didn't know it as. I mean, just crack, crack cocaine. No. Mm. At that time. It's, no, it's just insanity. Yeah. Okay. She's just naive. Yeah. I That's think they're just trying to make. They're trying naive. to make her like Jane. You know, they're trying to make her 
slightly naive right. and like vulnerable and yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I think that yeah. that would have worked better if she hadn't been coming to the city to take over work, like a running youth a youth hostel. She was hostel. like a lady. You yeah, know. yeah. If if yeah. there was a, I don't know what other reason. Like, it's difficult to put her into that situation without her having a legit reason to be there. But I feel like having a legit reason to be there made it not play as good that she's supposed to be this naive. She's literally there to take over for the priest who, as we've discussed, has balls of fucking brass and, and just he, talks yeah, to the and top she dog. Needs to, and she needs to be able to take care of these kids and stop them from getting into the drug business and stuff. She's going to need to know what crack is. Yeah. Like, also, is there no other staff at this youth hostel? We never meet like any, We never meet anybody, other any other adults. It's just yeah, the priest. The agency just seems to have one person at this place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we get a Jason Voorhees reference. One yeah, of the, kids, oh, yeah. the kid jokes about not answering the door if it's a big guy in a hockey mask, which I thought was kind of funny. Wait, wait, can I just ask? There's a thing that goes on before where the guy was like, I wanted to play circle, I wanted to play keyboard for the circle jerks. Is that an <laughs> actual poorly, band? Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. I thought the guy was just being wise and I was like, that's, I have no idea. That's poorly. Poorly world-class acting with a capital A. <laughs> yeah. So they are an actual band. Yeah. Circle okay. jerks were a band. Yeah. Wow. Uh Chopper's in bed with with two ladies. That's how we know he's a pimp. Uh, he gets a phone call and tipped off to the uh, that, that that his place is going to be raided. Um, Jane sees the lights and wanders over to Chopper's house being raided, and Rashid is there to provide a little bit more exposition about Chopper. And Chopper then uh, talks shit about interior design, dressed in a kimono while listening to classical music as the cops search his house. And the uh, the hidden drug compartment is now replaced with checkers. Mm, yeah, so this is this is the only through line of his decorating, or is there another one? I think that there's one later, but yeah, he's talking. He's just talking shit to the cops about how he he took down all the all the nudie mags because he's a. I can't remember what the line is, but there's a thing about how he's a. He's decorator. Certain, said something. He's a certain type of person, and so yeah. he's decorator. He's in a something or other, and so it's it's a beautiful line. I remember hearing going, "That is classic." I should have written, but the actual through line of the decorator being a thing is such a good pickup. I love that. Yeah, and he says, from what he can tell about my lifestyle, I mean, they get very personal. These decorators, it's like going to a shrink. He says that I'm entering a new phase in my life. Serenity, he says, that's the ticket. So down come the centerfolds from Easy Rider magazine. Down come the beer ads, and up goes this. Trask, the cop from the opening, shows up and is, yeah, it's is so obvious that he's corrupt. Someone goes, oh, someone must have tipped him off. And then Trask comes over and goes, oh, what's going on? And then the main baddie walks out and goes, sup, Trask. <laughs> <laughs> Wild Thing gives a gigantic pineapple and a slice of pizza <laughs> to a kid. He's garbage. Still, he still, gives garbage he's to still a homeless stealing kid. fruit. Yeah. There was a giant chunk out. That pineapple was ridiculously large. Yeah, but also clearly from the garbage. And half eaten. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he likes to steal fruit. He's been doing it his it's whole dessert. life. <laughs> it's dessert. Yeah. Um, Jane follows a cat into a dark alley. Like she knows that it's just going to lead her to the wild thing. <laughs> um, Starts talking to the darkness. Yep. Yeah. And meets. Jane meets Wild Thing. Tarzan mm-hmm. meets Jane. Mm-hmm. He doesn't talk, just nods, and she instantly just follows this insane person. Yep, up a giant ladder to his hideout, to his cave. 
His lair, yeah. It is fucked up. When we get inside that cave, it is fully... There is... There is... Why did she not run? There is a well, painting goes, of a naked woman on the wall with, like, a gun, and she the naked woman is clearly we're dead. Gonna, we'll get, we're going to get into that. But that is in the second. background when she first gets in the cave, and she's just like you did this like oh all this beautiful art you did this run you're about to die well, she went look she clearly is fascinated by the story and has gone and has gone looking for him <laughs> um chopper chopper wants lisa dead and then at wild things uh cave lair he tells jane the story his story through his art and um some interpretive dance <laughs> the, the clap for the, the gunshot was yeah. pretty good um which jane understands instantly <laughs> Like, it's like Jane must be the best person ever at charades yeah. <laughs> because she just instantly understands everything that he's saying. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like that scene in Tarzan when it's like she understands the, like, communications of apes. So, like, she can understand yeah. Tarzan. Yeah. But, like, no, she just understands charades real good. Jane learns a little bit a little bit about Wild Thing that Leah went off the air. Her power station shut down. <laughs> And that Wild Thing learned to talk from uh, and learnt about the world from Leah, the bums in the city, and Cousin Louie on the radio. This is the point where I just wrote in my notes massively across half the page, what the fuck is this? Like, this is the point where I was like, this is fucking insane. So I won't hop on about it again, but this movie is fucking bizarre. Wild Thing's kind of lonely. <laughs> The sad face, the sad face of the child on the wall. Lonely. Yep. Uh, he hears a siren. And this is where I wrote about convenient geography. Okay, so. Everything's within a block of each other. Yeah. So earlier, Jane can see the cops raiding Chopper's house mm. from the window of, of Safe House. And then here, she can see that Safe House is on fire <laughs> from Wild Thing's window. Yeah. So these things are literally within... I don't know, 50 metres of, of each other. <laughs> so all three of the of these locations are, are, real, on, the are on the same street, yeah. essentially. Um, so, yeah, out the window they see that there's a burning building. It's Safe House on fire. Uh, Chopper's watching and uh, Lisa is stuck, in the, is stuck in the building. Chopper's obviously done this or had this done. She's to try fully to get, on to try fire to too. It's pretty cool. Like that sequence is, in terms of stunts, that fire is real, real, and real yeah. close to those to those actors. I'm not sure it's actually Lisa in that window for the major, for the majority of it. But when he a, comes in and is putting out the fire on her arm, that is definitely oh yeah, her there's, with there's, her arm on fire. Yeah, there's some fire. There's some fire gags and stuff. Um, the the crowd chants Wild Thing's name and and cheers <laughs> because everyone's behind behind Wild Thing. They're all probably very excited to see the urban legend in real life. A lot of them probably have never actually seen him. Yeah. So there's got to be a level of excitement. It's like if you live live in is it. Um, Gotham and you see Batman for the first time, you, you're pretty excited about that. You've heard about this guy. And then, hey, look, this is, they weren't kidding. Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> if you saw Wild Thing and he was a myth, you would feel like it's pretty cool. All right, I admit it. But the way he swung into shot, like, where was that rope attached to? Somewhere on the roof. <laughs> it was a cable, so, right? I think it's, it's a like cable. a TV cable or something. Yeah, it's like it's not a rope. It's like a it's like a. That's why he always has ropes. That is also a, like a thing in this movie. I was like, why is there just a rope there? Yeah, because they're not using, ropes. They're cables. They're ropes. I think that you would really benefit from watching these movies on a TV, <laughs> not a laptop. Yeah, you need True. to not be watching these on a TV. True. And then we get 
uh, Wild Thing disappears inside as the fire gets larger and larger. And then there's a stunt where he jumps out the window on fire. And that is a fucking cool stunt. Mm. That is a, actually a, like a legitimately good piece of stunt work. Yeah. We'll see a, it's that, clearly, that is a stunt man, right? That's yeah, not it's, that not, actor. it's not him, yeah. yeah. And you can kind of tell that it's not him physically. He's not, a, he's not a perfect match. But there's a dude on fire that jumps through, yeah. through a window and does a, and does a roll. Like it's legitimately a good piece of stunt work. Yeah. There's another one later that's also, really, that's also really good. That is like one of the best things about watching these old movies is that they do the stunts for reals. Oh, they do. Yeah, they do super dangerous shit for real because yeah. there's no other way to. There's no other way. Yeah, to that is true. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean that's thing. that's my argument about why I kind of like I like older movies, action movies from the eighties and nineties, is because the, you see dangerous you shit. You see dangerous shit. I mean, that's bad because people's lives were put on the line and people did get severe, severely injured. But there's a there's a thrill to that. Yeah, that, exi- that I feel does not exist in a lot of. Movies. There is a feel, it also just feels more. Like obviously, you know that nothing's bad's happened unless yeah. it's a, unless you happen to know that in this movie the person driving that car died or whatever. But in generally speaking, it's a movie, so you know that everybody's fine. But you you can tell the difference yeah. between uh, the stunts that are done for real nowadays and the stunts that were done for real then. Like if a helicopter is really close to a car in in an eighties movie, that helicopter is really close to that car, <laughs> which yeah. is totally my my jam. That's absolutely my shit. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Like that is a really nice feature of these movies. Mm. Uh, he gets taken away by the white coats. <gasps> no, and oh, then see. and then we get a um, we get a montage of of newscast reportings. Mm. I we- swear Chandler Bing is the radio guy. No, no. <laughs> looks like. It. I mean, obviously it's not. <laughs> oh, okay. But it, it looks like it. It's definitely the style. Yeah. So we finally see. We actually see uh, cousin Louie, and they play the song "Wild Thing" by the Trogs. Um, we get some randos. Talking about wild thing, that all feels like it's like mostly improvised. I don't know if we've given context for cousin Louie, have we? We mentioned him a couple of times, so he's a radio presenter. He's, just, he's a radio. That, de- he's a radio DJ. Yeah, yeah, that wild thing has learnt some words off, but he doesn't really talk like a radio DJ. So it's one of those weird things that doesn't connect. Yeah. So he he says that it would be cool if he did. Yeah. yeah. Would be, like if he he randomly like had radio voice inflection on particular Because the words one time that he does it is pretty cool. Yeah, he does that impression earlier yeah. on to Jane that's actually that's actually kind of cool. Um, we learn a little bit about the... it's <laughs> The area of this city is known only as the zone. <laughs> Who named it the zone? Why is it the zone? It doesn't have an actual name. It's just the zone. Yeah. I suppose there's like, if we're going back to New York in the 80s, there would have been like, those areas that they would have classed as like no one goes there. That's the zone. Well, that's the Bronx. It has a name. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Like, you know, no dispersions on the Bronx. Yeah, media are like super crazy about the story. Mm. We get a very quick flash of Wild Thing being interrogated. <laughs> yeah. Where he's like perched on the stool. Where he is Tarzan <laughs> and now Tarzan. he's an ape man. Actually, like really, like this is – I would not say that this movie is shot particularly well, but that is like a good frame. There's the yeah. he's in the center of the frame. You have like exhausted cops who have clearly been talking to him for hours on each side, and he has a spotlight on him, and he's perched on the chair. It's actually like a really cool a cool shot. Like this is the thing. I just would have loved if they went a little bit more for the wild man aspect, so that the ape man stuff made a little bit more sense. Hmm. And I do feel like he's he should back have on the cat stuff. Yeah, he should know how there's a there's a lot of things like he should know what a phone is. Like there's a lot of things that like 
he did grow up without being he is in, in the mainstream. Yeah, yeah but in they're, a they're, city, they're, they're very much leaning on the on the trying to make him Tarzan. Yeah, thing. and I think there's also probably an element of he's obviously not comfortable and he is ready to pounce. Yeah, like, so he doesn't want to be. So maybe he is sitting like a cat. He, Ooh, interesting intention. Like he could be doing that. Like with yeah, because he's clearly ready to I think run. You've put more thought in this movie than the people who made it have. And if I your movie was made, it would have been much better. I haven't really. I have like <laughs> one page of notes. I just, you know, I'm coming up with this stuff as, <laughs> as we go. But I do think that that's probably part of it as well. Yeah. If it was actor, cho- if that was actor choice, I'm guessing that that would be where that actor got that choice from. But it looks like it's director choice, which yeah. also could be where the director got it from. Yeah. Mm. Lisa's on the run from Chopper with her boyfriend Paulie. And oh, is that the next thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Jane pleads with the cops that Wild Thing didn't set the fire. Yeah, this is how we get to know that that copper is kind of a good copper. Jane just goes straight to the bad guy and tells yeah. him what's up. So Jane goes to Trask and tells him that uh, Wild Thing's scared of cops because a sh- cop shot his parents. Trask did that. Um, figures out that it's the kid that got away. Um, Which, like, surely you could not assume that that was you, right? Like, surely there's been more cops killing people's parents, like, especially in the 80s when there was a lot of, like, <laughs> violence on the violence. streets. Yeah, I mean, it's very convenient, but yeah. it's a movie. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, uh, Jane talks a little bit with Winston, uh, Winston, the one good cop, and Winston gets her in with Wild Thing, who is very scared that he'll be cut open. And this is where we find out where he doesn't know what a phone is. Yeah, yeah. I think he's just freaked out in general. At that point, but yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't know what a phone is. The white coats actually do come in, which is this is the most bad shit fucking and he, scene. He acts like a cat. He hisses like a cat. Yeah, he goes it, fucking nuts. It was cool. Like it definitely like went with the like main aspect of Wild Thing, but it is fucking bizarre. Like him hissing and fighting and like biting with him. It was fucking right up there in the intensity. One thing I also noticed in the scene was that Wild Thing has perfectly white teeth. So mm. while Le- Leah was crazy, she was also super crazy about good oral hygiene. <laughs> <laughs> You're a dickhead. There is a scene towards the end where... Where he brushes his teeth? <laughs> no, no. There's a scene towards the end where, like, uh, Leah... No, not Leah. Who's our love interest name? Jane. Jane. God, I should remember that. Um, gets very close to Wild Thing and they're almost getting intimate. Uh, where I'm just like, this guy must fucking smell. <laughs> like, yeah. why is she well, not he's, repulsed he's by this bathing guy? Bathing in the drip water. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get, During that's a hole. Yeah, like, we'll, we'll get, get there. We'll get get there. there. During all of this stuff where he got taken in by the cops and everything, is this where we get the kid doing the running through the streets announcements very similar to the Juggers are coming? <laughs> oh, they've taken wild thing and... One is, thing escaped. Is it now? Uh, yeah. I mean, is it's that, kind of all within the same kind of, yeah. kind of sequence. I yeah. thought that was inter- uh, an, an interesting through line for our podcast in that we have children mm. making public service announcements. Mm. Is there one in the first one? No. no. But there is in, in Jogger. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the connect. So Jogger had a connection to to Jim Carter. Okay. And now, and now Wild Thing has a connection to Jogger. That's very, very good pickup. No Australian performance in this of any kind. I'm yes, sorry. but I we apologize. did get a car flip in the trailer. 
We did get a car rollover, yeah. 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 And I reckon that um, that wild thing would be good at Jim Carter because he does those flips on the bridge later. <laughs> okay. You, you, spoilers. <laughs> spoilers and also stepping on my gags. Mm-hmm. I wrote it down too. Yeah, I'm sure we all did. I didn't. I, I just went, what the fuck? Where did they come from? <laughs> <laughs> it's Jim Carter. <laughs> Chopper and Trask meet um, and Trask ch- uh, tells Chopper that the kid is wild thing. And then Chopper wants Trask dead because he showed weakness slash feels guilty about what they did with Wild Thing. Um, at this point, we're kind of getting into some middle act kind of mechanics where we're just basically trying to put our pieces in order for the for the end of the movie. The is last this act. the meeting between Trask? And yeah, Trask. That and is a dope scene. I really enjoyed that because he's like uh, the the dialogue back and forth was actually pretty tight between Chopper and Trask, mm. where he's like. Why, why didn't I kill you earlier? And, and he just says, because you wouldn't have anyone to look after. I fucking loved that banter between the uh, corrupt cop and the villain. Jane leaves a note at a, a hotel that they that Paul and Lisa must use for a meeting for the next night. And we find out that Trask still has the gun that they use to kill Wild Thing's parents. And a very incriminating file that seems to just lay everything out. Yeah. <laughs> like he has the crime <laughs> file and there's a picture of, of Chopper in it. Like, so that's weird. Yeah. It's like he's the main suspect but obviously didn't do it because mm. I did it. <laughs> Wild Thing is in his cell and breaks the very ornate light in that cell. <laughs> I didn't notice. <laughs> it was like a, a hanging lantern that was hexagonal and had some shape to it. I thought, I thought, just thought it was a bulb with a cover on it like you would see in a jail. No, it was very fancy. Yeah. And so he breaks the light and then we get the two kind of keystone cops, security guards that are watching him. We get the this dude can turn into a cat. Yep, <laughs> yep. They're afraid of that. Um, the cops are letting man. the cops are letting the media in to take a photo to take photos of wild things. Yeah. So all of a sudden, because he's cops, an urban legend, yeah. and we finally found him. Yeah. Um, and then Wild Thing escapes from his cell. Uh, conveniently, at the same time, Trask is killed by one of the goons who uses some of the most casual silencer aiming. And I, the and most oh, overarching so, face, I'm that so face, his face dumb. when he does that. He just opens the door, opens the door, barely aims, fires two shots and then just closes the door. But he's just got this look on his face of like, hee hee hee, I just killed somebody. Like he's just like a cartoon hitman. Yeah, it was just really so is. over the top. I, I read that completely wrong. Guys, I'm not going to lie. I thought that we had the Trask pulling out the gun, which I didn't realise was the same gun, and I was like, oh, this guy's because he looks down the barrel of the gun. Yeah, you think he's going to kill him? And I was like, this guy's going to fucking kill himself yeah. in guilt. And I was thinking that's going to be fucking awesome. But then we, I thought the guy sneaking in was coming to kill Wild Thing mm. and he snuck in, shot some random cops, that we never hear about again, and then disappears for the rest of the scene. This scene makes so much more sense now, guys. (laughs) (laughs) So what we actually get is a murder and Wild Thing escaping. That makes so much more sense why the the assassin disappears and we never see him again. Well, he's one of the goons. No, no, no. I know that, but we never hear about the cops getting shot and he, instead of trying to kill Wild Thing, Well, no, no, no. It all gets wrapped up with some convenient newspaper uh, headlines in in just a few minutes. (laughs) 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 So Trask... Wild Thing comes into the room that Trask is in, where Trask is actually still alive even though he's bleeding out, and sees the file of... Um, about his parents' death, sees a photo of Chopper and his tattoo and Mm. has a freak out. We also 
uh, just detail, Chopper's real name is Benjamin Rice. Huh. Good which pick is in, up. Which is in the file. I um I didn't understand why in that scene, after he's just been killed by one of clearly Chopper's goons, that he still tries to kill Wild Thing. Uh, I think more that he has the gun. And he just fires by accident. He kind of threatens. Yeah, I think it's just he's dying and is a little out, is a little out of it. I don't think he's necessarily trying to kill Wild Thing. He just kind of like fires because he fires into the photo of of him young, young, right? which then Wild Thing then looks at and goes, "Oh, you're the cop from earlier." Yeah, even he looks exactly the same. Yeah, no he really does. <laughs> um, Chopper's working on his cardio while he boxes. <laughs> and a henchman tells him that Wild Thing has escaped. <laughs> and that scene is so good because he just also, goes, I know, also, dickhead. There's also a runner of, of Chopper just working out in yeah. the back half of the back half of the movie. Later he's on a bike. Um, Best part of the movie. Back at the Wild Thing cave, Jane is just hanging out, touching, touching Wild Thing's stuff. I think we just missed something that I wrote about, mm-hmm. which is that the, so there's, a, there's someone when they realise that um, have we realized? Uh, I might be skipping ahead, but um, they realize that Wild Thing's missing from his cage. The cops go in and look, and there's someone. There's tied yeah, up, the, tied, yeah, tied up, tied and up, they yeah. just go, oh, and then leave. Yeah, they leave the cop there. Yeah, they, I, did, they don't, I didn't note that. That at all. was good. Don't help him at all. Yeah. Don't take. Don't untie him. Well, he's an idiot. His, you let Wild Thing escape. So just stay there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Think about what you've done. Nobody seems concerned. Um, are we also skipping the scene where Chopper's talking to his men or is that the next one? That's later. Okay, 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 sorry. It, that's later. Okay. You know, you should trust that I know what order things come in in the movie. I have seven pages of notes. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah, back at the Wild Thing cave, Jane is just hanging out. Wild Thing comes back. She's and- sleeping in his cave. Right, I don't think she's sleeping. I think she's just there, but she's like resting. I at think the she's start been waiting scene. for a while. I think she's waiting and hanging out. Oh, I, don't I don't know, know. Or like just trying to because like her house did burn down. Be in his, oh yeah, it did too. So, so I feel like she's yeah, just maybe. like staying there, yeah, waiting for him she? to come back. Obviously, yeah. yeah. But like she's sleeping in this fucking dungeon. Yeah. Well, she knows and, she's safe there. And then things get touchy. Things get so awkward. We, we're not up to the thing. They start to get a little intimate with each other. We're not up to the scene yet no. that we're going to talk about. But but she goes to touch him. She does and touch he, him. he goes, ah, yeah, and he like fans away. It was so away. weird. We then get to the to Chopper talking to his goon squad. Best scene suits. in the whole movie. Where one of them Over th- too quickly. One of them throws a... Yeah, it is really quick. Yeah, I love this too. One of them throws a cigarette on the ground. Yeah. And Chopper's line is... What, what do we, we have, have ashtrays for? <laughs> also, my favorite character in the whole sorry, you yeah, go. No, 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 go, go, go. My favorite character in the whole movie is in is introduced in this scene. The fucking shredded chick. No, she's the redhead that introduces Lisa earlier. Is she? Yes. It's oh. the same woman. Well then she is my favorite movie. She's favorite the one character. that's playing chess with him when the cops when the cops come in. Oh, that makes so much more sense. She gets done dirty in the end, but She's fucking yoked and still fucking feminine, and I fucking love her. She's great. Yes. Okay. I love goon humor in movies. Yeah. I love when a when the villain has a relationship with his henchman, and it's off. It's just a little different than it should be. And this move that's something that this movie does, and that could entirely just be like. Robert Darby just chewing, just chewing scenery. Oh, so good! Because he's having a great time. Like the thing about about Robert Darby is that is as Chopper is that he's just he's having the most fun. He would have a couple of big movies under his belt at that point too, right? 
Um, I'm trying 87. So this is after Die Hard. Yeah. Um, he's mostly, but he is most. It's after Goonies. But, but like in Die Hard, he uh, clearly had the ability to bring a bit of comedy into his role. I mean, yeah. I mean, Die Hard's full of com- full of comedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like his whole character in yeah. that is is basically comic related. He plays a lot of bad guys, and he plays a lot of he plays a lot of cops who turn out to be bad guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is um is kind of what Robert Robert Darby does. He's still around. Uh, back at the Wild Thing Lair. I keep trying to come up with different names for it. Um, he was sleep seeing. Yep. Oh, this is the thing. Like, how does he? Uh, I suppose they don't have words for a lot of things like brain because of Leah. So sleep seeing, which is having and nightmares. I mean, what, would he have had a conversation with anybody about dreaming before? I mean, it's not like he has friends. I don't think he's had a lot of conversations. I mean, he was yeah. a little bit more socialized That's when he was a kid with the homeless people. But since yeah. he's, since Leah has died, I think he's mostly avoided. So he would make things up for himself. So if you were to describe dreaming to yourself, if you didn't have the word for dreaming, sleep seeing is pretty accurate. (laughs) (laughs) You all make very good points. It's causing sparks at his power station. (laughs) I actually kind of like that stuff. I like that. It's pretty cute. It's fun. It is. It's great. It is insane that Wild Thing's belief system is based entirely on electric shock therapy. And then things started to get a little sexy between... Jane and Wild Thing. Have you been with many women? I've been with as many women as cockroaches. I've seen as seen, many wi- seen. seen as many women as there are cockroaches, <gasps> which is hot. That is the most fucked up line. And like clearly he doesn't like feel very good about women. <laughs> it's it's a little strange and Jane is very sexually aggressive. Yeah. Like this is a, I don't want to harp on about it, but this is someone who's trained to take care of people and instead of seeing that he has a mental illness and need help, she fucks him. Yeah. Yep. Well, they bo- she body bumps. They body bump. Yeah. Sorry. Should use the right. He's language. seen it. It hurts. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. It is it's such a great, great film. I mean, yeah. I mean, that is objectively insane. That is like <laughs> she absolutely one hundred percent takes advantage of somebody who has a lot of mental health issues. Yeah, and whereas I understand defending Leah, Jane, you know, really should have known better. Yeah, absolutely. But it's a movie. It's a movie. And Tarzan and Jane have to get together. Yes, they do. The sex scene is very, very awkward. The touching and the kissing is very awkward. As we were watching this movie, there was, and I was as I was watching it, things were coming back to me. Like I was remembering the movie as I was watching it. Mm. And I remember that feeling strange to me as a a child. (laughs) We'll get into how old I was when I saw this, obviously, later. The next day, we get some plot resolution through newspaper headlines, as I mentioned. The newspaper headlines, there's like five headlines on a single page for some reason. Um, Wild Thing escapes. Police see no link in detective's murder. (laughs) What the fuck? Reporter on scene hears shots. Police unable to explain security breach. So they just wrap up like, oh yeah, no, no, no. We know Wild Thing had nothing to do with with the murder of a of a, of a senior detective. I didn't even catch our, all of those. I paused so that I, I paused the second time so that I could write them down because they just do away with that hand plot, wave that plot thread. And then um, we get them one of the most eighties tropes ever. The rooftop Tai Chi. The the uh, 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 silhouette shot on the- On the on, rooftop. Yeah. I fucking love that yeah. shit. With the cat as well. With and the she's cat. just staring at him lovingly. Yeah. That's good fun. Yeah. I wish there was more of that. Like, I wish there was more of that um, 
we never go as much as Wild Thing is above street level all the time, right? He's in the in the trees. We physically never go into that world very often, and yeah, I th- we see his feet a lot. We see his feet a lot. I wish that we that we had more of that, like him running across rooftops. Another movie, yeah, that, uh, another movie so that, this, that this feels like is The Crow. Yeah, yep, 100%. it's like a discount version of The Crow. It's a of the really crow. bad, heavily it's discounted the 80s version of The Crow. Yeah. I mean, the the original Crow comic is very is from the 80s, yeah, but it's very much. It shares some kind of imagery and stuff, yeah. and I feel like if it was more like the crow in terms of there was more rooftop stuff and more music and yeah, it had a more very, no it, backing. This feels like I mean, even the the use of the trog song is very sparing. I feel like if this had more. 80s and 90s style music video direction. Mm. There are flashes of it, like the the gang montage at the be- at the beginning. Mm-hmm. If it was more stylized, I think this movie would fucking rip. Yeah, like, you're 100 percent true. Would be, would be like kind of legendary. And I think the only thing I'd have a problem with is the alley uh, alley cat thing, <laughs> which you're very 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 stylized. Yeah, I'm very vocal on. Yeah, so I think that there is a cooler version of this movie. Yeah, definitely. I don't very disagree true. with you that that I think there are things that are cool in it. I just think that they could they could have been amped up. They could have even been more 80s than they are. Mm. It could have you could have really gone crazy with that music video style direction, <laughs> style direction. Yeah, speaking of speaking of that, um the scene where they're talking about Wild Thing and and that having that montage after he gets captured. Do you reckon that's just people on the street that they've gone and been like, "Hey, talk about this I Wild said Thing." That at the time when we talked about oh, it. Oh fuck, I missed it. <laughs> fuck, I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. <laughs> This is all over the place. <laughs> we, I th- feel like we did like, you know, one okay podcast, uh, one good one, and then this one's just a fucking mess. Yeah, this one's going to need heavy editing. I don't think so. We are coming up on two hours. <laughs> uh, the goons spot Lisa's boyfriend, Paulie, so that they can follow him, which will lead him to Lisa. Wild Thing and Jane travel through the through the sewers. <laughs> which, like, I don't think we've ever been in yet, have we? No. Yeah, like it's he just also he knows the rooftops and the sewers. Well, now. rooftops at night, under underground in the during the day. Oh yeah, yeah he, he has, does explain that. He has that. And line. this normal lady is just walking through the sewer. That's what I just can't understand. Like she fully just goes down there. I think that she was a normal person thrown into a very strange world, and at some point she just went, "I think I just have to go with this because I don't understand what's happening here." <laughs> I love that read on it. So <laughs> true, so true. Yeah, she was just like, "Well, I'm fucking in it now," yeah, and just throws her lot in with wild thing. What do we think that maybe she found out what crack was? <laughs> <laughs> um, the goons uh, snatch Paulie and. Uh, while they're driving, attempt to put a needle very, very close to his eye. I was very eye. nervous for that actor. Yeah. To find out, to find <laughs> very out close where, to his eye. Find out where, where Jane is. Paulie sells them out. Um, and that night, Jane meets with Lisa and Paulie at the church where she convinces Lisa and Paulie to leave town. She gives them bus tickets. So that town. scene I read as Paulie comes clean about selling them out. or No, 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 Paulie- no, no. Paulie just sells them out. And then acts like everything is still all good. Because the scene opens with her going, saying something like, uh, well, should I be scared then? Or something like that, which almost seems like they're having a conversation. If they did do that, I it didn't land with me. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It wasn't very obvious. But, I mean, Paulie, like, completely sells them out. Sells them it out. really gives no different read to the rest of the movie. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And um, so, yeah, Jane wants them to leave town. They agree to go. Um 
they go outside and then are immediately just fucking machine gunned down. Yeah. Um, Lisa and Paulie are gone. And Jane is and Jane is kidnapped. Now this is another point where I'm just like, why? How is it possible that Wild Thing are fucking actually fighting this person, these people? How is he actually fighting these people? Well, because he's got a grappling hook made out of umbrella. <laughs> yep, very true. Wild he, Thing, is, he is the Tarzan MacGyver. Yeah. I would say that Wild Thing shows up shows up too late to catch Jane probably because it takes a real long time to get his hair to look like that. <laughs> um, he adds Lisa's blood to his face paint. And this was the moment where I thought I should make a mashup trailer where we use, where I use imagery from wild thing with the trailer audio from the movie, the crow, <laughs> which I might get to, I might not. <laughs> um, and then we get um, dueling gearing up scenes or just, uh, shots of the same gun magazine being loaded continuously while, <laughs> while Wild Thing uh, gets ready. Um, we get to see all of his MacGyver tools. Yeah. Which would have been cool if he actually, they went a little bit more into that and gave him some a few more tools than an umbrella and a grappling hook. I kind of like the, the the umbrella grappling Yeah, I, I really did. And this is why I'm like, well, I wish they, they kind of spent a little bit more time on that gear up and used that in the like, Again, I think following it's, it's one of those things where they're trying to make a, they're trying to make like an urban superhero movie and so gadgets, right? But they never mm. really push it as far as it could could be pushed. Yeah, really true. Pushed. Dink and Chopper's girlfriend, the, uh, the lady that you like, yep. chase... Uh, Wild thing at street level in their car. Why is he at street level? He's just yeah. talked about rooftops at nighttime and and, and he's just of, on the road randomly. He's just on the road run, running. I around. think he is. I think he is trying to trap them. Yeah, yeah, because we get our our um our next kind of cool piece of stunt work, which is that flip over the car. That yeah. is crazy. Is it real? Yeah. 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 It's it's cut up. Right, so there's three different shots. Yeah. So it's cut with a there's a wind internal shot of the car as he's running, and then we get a shot of him jumping, as the jumping doing the backflip onto yeah, the roof, stepping off the wall as the he didn't. No, we don't even. Oh yeah, we do see him step off the step off the wall, and then um he does the backflip on the roof as the car is crashing and then so lands even on the car. It, so yeah, and there's a cut there, but but is it? There's a cut for his landing. Ah, uh, so maybe he, the stunt performer didn't make the landing, but still, even if even if all even if it is in pieces, right? Just the dude doing a backflip on the roof of a car as a car crashes into a building is fucking awesome. I was thinking about it, and the the shot where he steps off the wall is the car is so fucking close to him, still in shot. I'm pretty sure. And I think that's the edit. I don't think there's cars in shot at all. When he steps off the wall, yeah. Fuck! I was so worried about him. This is the cuts. I legitimately worried about the actor. Fills in, yeah, yeah. It's great. That is a great piece of stunt work, and that's the type of thing that you would never. It would be a digital double now. Yeah, it would be completely, completely be a a digi double for for wild thing. Mm. No, great work. I mean, my girl is done dirty in that fucking scene. She just gets pushed out of the fucking car. Well, she dies in the in the crash. Yeah, no concern whatsoever. But Dink is kind of Dink isn't you know. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. These aren't good people. Don't my girl dirty. Um, and then Dink continues to uh, chase um, Wild Thing yeah. and sets a trap with the uh, with the the trolley guy. So basically, puts the trolley guy down on the road. Oh my god! I honestly, because I haven't given this film very much, like I, I wrote off this film a lot. 
I have not given a lot of the characters a lot of <laughs> intelligence in the film. Like, I didn't think he set a trap. He literally thought, takes him off the trolley and places him in the middle of the road. Yeah, because he's asking him where Wild Thing is. And, and then, I thought he left. And then Wild Thing comes out because he's like, I don't give a fuck. And, and then he's Dink waiting. sees him. No, he's waiting for him. I just thought Dink happened it's to like see putting, him. It's like putting a damsel in distress on the train tracks. Yeah, like no, you're right. It makes so much road. sense now. Did you watch this movie? I just didn't give it much credit. So I wrote, yeah, I wrote off a lot of the scenes, I feel. And then, I mean, we already stepped on our own gag, but Jim Carter? Does yeah. Wild Thing know Jim Carter? Wild Thing definitely knows Jim Carter. They are some aggressive flips backwards. And, like, and an excellent way to dodge bullets. Yeah. Except for the fact that he gets shot. I know, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> and then the uh, we the, also never see him do any of those acrobatics before whatsoever. We just see him abseil and shoot arrows, pretty much. Yeah, and do tai chi. Yeah, true. But those, yeah, there's not a lot of flipping in tai chi. Yeah, he just comes out of nowhere because he knows Jim Carter. <laughs> yeah, this is very true. It's the explosive combination of gymnastics and martial arts. <laughs> How many times have I said that in, in real life in the past uh, three so weeks? Too. Often, so oh, it's often. fucking great. Um, I like to do a podcast where we make no reference to Jim Carter, but I don't. I think, don't I think, think that's it's our possible. I think it's our brand. I've at started this point. to do it in my real life too. <laughs> the homeless people band together to fuck up Dink, and that is the end of that's the end of Dink. Yeah, I I. Did, did he leave the legless dude on the ground just to, like, fend for himself again? No, he helps him. By bringing his trolley back? Because I feel like yeah. in that scene we see know. that, like, he just kind of forgets about his friend and runs away. Well, he's just been shot. Yeah, fair. We get our showdown. Wait, wait, did we skip past the, the homeless people with Dink? I just mentioned it. Yeah, did we mention how the Toro guy actually, like... Comes into play. Oh yeah, he comes back. Fucking well, everybody genius. Comes back. Yeah, there's it's a cute little runner. Yeah, yeah. the Toro guy who actually has a fucking sword, so probably was a matador at some point. <laughs> fucking a matador of the mind. <laughs> <laughs> fucking kills Dink by being the fucking matador. It's a great run through. Showdown at the lair. Wild thing umbrellas are going to death. Yep. <laughs> I like yep. the umbrella. The umbrella is good fun. Yeah, it is. Um, he comes inside. Uh, so for context for the audience, he makes a trap where he throws down the umbrella and when people look at it, he jumps on a rope attached to the other end. The umbrella goes into their face. Yeah, and, and pulls, he pulls them up. Pulls them up yeah. Yeah, Maybe it's, it's a, the same umbrella that was used in the 60s and then and then and then. Maybe he noticed. Could be. Maybe I'm he noticed just thinking, it too. If someone throws an umbrella looking thing that looks dangerous at my feet, I'm not looking at the umbrella. I'm inspecting the rope that's clearly going up next to me. Yeah, but I mean... I don't know how clever Chopper's henchmen are. Because there's we do scene, see them guarding the front door. Oh, they're, they're guarding <laughs> Like six feet and they're just walking back just and forth like the British like fucking four, guard. Like four steps and then turning and then taking four steps. <laughs> do those guys do that all night? They're just trying to get their step count up. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Um, Wild Thing sneaks inside, uh, hits a guy in the face with, um, oh, I don't even know what that weapon's called. It's like a... He, it's a very Tarzani weapon. It's the two balls with a rope in the, yeah. rope in the middle. What is that somebody, called? Like somebody's, a bomby knocker? No, what is it called? Yeah, something like that. So like the throw, rope where he yeah, throws which is very tar, his leg. Very Tarzan, yeah. except he throws at this guy's face. Yes, yeah. Uh, it falls down the stairs and then um, Chopper is waiting upstairs. Bolo, Bola. 
something like that. Yeah, it's called, something yeah. like that. Yeah. The, the um, anyone listening to this is just yelling at the podcast. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Yeah, absolutely. Um, while things at the circle window, we hear a bunch of um, cat noises, and then chopper machine guns, where the the whole wall, the door opens, and the cat is just sitting there on the floor giving yeah. zero fucks. Yeah, that's honestly my favorite part of the movie. Really, that, that cat, was pretty cool. The cat, the fact that it just swings open and there's a cat sitting there. It was a fucking great. And reveal. the cat does not care. The cat could not give a yeah, single like, fuck. Been through this boy. Cat that lives on the streets. It's seen some shit. It's not going to get scared <laughs> of no gunfire. Yeah, that's literally my favorite favorite part of the movie. I laughed. It, like I watched this movie twice and I watched the last 20 minutes again this morning because Kira had it on and I laughed every single time that there was that reveal of the cat. <laughs> Refresh my memory. So it starts off, he kills the other two henchmen in the room. How does he do that? He hasn't gotten into the room into the room yet. But the other henchmen die. How, how does that happen? Uh, they all kind of like Chopper basically sends, sends them, them one kind of at sends a time. them one by one. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There isn't that many of them. He has only got, I mean, limited limited budget. Yeah, but he kills one in the room. That's why Chopper has the AK. Yeah. How does that happen? Uh, that hasn't happened yet. Oh, okay. No, 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 it does. Oh, yeah, he stabs it. No, he fires the crossbow through the through the window. That's right. And then there's the cat noises, and then Chopper fires at the wall, and yep. then the cat's revealed. The dude is still hanging on the wall. Hanging on the wall. Yeah. He's been pinned to the wall by the crossbow, crossbow bolt. <laughs> yeah. uh, Wild Thing Tarzan's through the window to get into a fight with, with Chopper. They do a fl- uh, tube spot. <laughs> There you go. See, wrestling just in all of these movies. Mm, the strongest through line that we've had so far. Yeah. <laughs> um, they fight. They struggle around for a little bit. It's pretty dark. There isn't really some any Yeah, it's good, a pretty it's not rubbish very, It's not very scene. interesting. And then Chopper just gets yeeted through the window. <laughs> yeah. One thing just throws him through the, through the window, which should be to his death. Mm. We've seen how high up that window is. If he went face first, that should be the end of Chopper. It is not the end of Chopper. No. Uh, the blue coats, uh, he well think frees Jane. The blue coats are coming. Uh, Jane tries to convince him to stay, but no wild thing runs. Uh, Chopper is on the roof somehow. Yeah, alive. That man is fast as fuck, yo. <laughs> Did he like hold on and then climb up? Yeah. Um, and they chase. They there's a chase across the rooftops. Jane hides. Chopper. Um, follows the cops at this point are also chasing um and we get to the stack by the river which they should have introduced earlier because it kind of comes out it's because it's a cool location and it just kind of kind of comes out of nowhere yeah Um, especially we're all over the place mm, yeah um um, yeah we'll get to it i'll let chopper chopper chases wild thing up the the internal ladders in the stack and then uh overcommits to a punch (laughs) wild thing just kind of like trips him and he uh, falls down the internal of the stack to his death, and that is the end of Chopper. Although, who knows, he could be on top of the stack, <laughs> given the way that things are going. Blue coats are still coming. Uh, Wild Thing goes to the outside of the, of the stack. And again, like, can you just tell me where the fuck that rope came from? Because it's a cable. Like, clearly it's I didn't see it. It's just a it's cable. Not a rope. It's, it's cable. not a rope. He didn't, like, throw a rope. It's just like he's holding onto a cable that's hanging down the side of this side of the stack. Mm. It is very convenient. <laughs> but there are cables on the top of buildings. It's yeah. also like very convenient that, you know, Spider-Man can always find somewhere to stick his web to. Like, Yeah, yeah, no, of course, of course, of course. Um, what I'm really confused about is the, like, the swinging back and forth to get where he needed to go, which you'll probably get to. 
Mm. I don't well, understand what he was doing. He's swinging round the stack. Oh, of course. To gain momentum. But it's not physically possible to s- s- swing around the stack. So it's shot like he is like swinging around the entire It just looks like he's going to side to side, right? It, but he's not because he keeps on coming round in the same direction. Oh. Which doesn't make any sense because physically the rope would then be twisting around the stack. Yeah. So it's just we need him to gain momentum and we didn't. Which, like, they could have just, like, in movie land, just, like, had him swing. Uh, and then, yeah. Yeah. Well, then, well, then he does um, – the swing out is weird because – It should be then, attached to the stack. He's then also, like, way out of the water and there is no stack. For the jump into the water, he just kind of swing, – he's swinging through free air. Like, he's not yeah. – yeah, it's very, like, Spider-Man swinging through yeah. the middle of a canyon. And but he pulls the same trick. He pulls the same trick that he used at the start of the movie to get away from the from Trask and and, um, and Chopper. In that he swings into the to the storm outlet. It's throwback. Mm. It is uh, Chekhov's storm outlet. Um, <laughs> and that's basically kind of getting towards the end, of the, end of the movie. Continues. Yeah, we we then go to Rashid uh, telling other kids to kind of pass on the urban legend of the wild of the wild thing. Um, there's some fantastic Such child acting. Fucking <laughs> oath. That kid, kid is so the, good. The, oh, no, no, no. The, the kid with the Jamaican accent. Oh, yeah. There's yeah, one I'm line on. of dialogue where, yeah, with the, where there's a kid with a Jamaican accent that just feels very, very put on. Some of them, if you can look close, got blood on them. That's people who mess with the wild thing. Oh, man. Don't start with that. You didn't see what he done to Chopper. You didn't see all them ambulances all filled up. But he did, man. You believe that? I seen it on the news. Man went down in the river. You try and stay out all night in the zone sometime. You see. One thing got none, lie, sucker. Only use but one or two. Come out here some night. Think you see a shadow moving? Think you hear some voice singing all high and pretty? That's wild thing, man. Wild thing lives, man. I mean, it makes sense because, like, the gang... Other the gangs are all multi. Had, they're all multi. They had like yeah. the the Jamaican flag across some of their gear. As oh, did well. they? I yeah. didn't spot that. There you go. And then we see Wild Thing did in fact live. His footsteps in the frame again with his cat friend. With, with his cat, is the zone safe now? I don't know. And this is what I wanted to ask because I didn't watch it twice. I didn't have time. Um, is the whole movie in night after he he gets discovered by Leia? And then, no. There's a back couple. Of, there's, a couple of day, there's a couple of daytime. Is there? Okay. Are you oh, sure? Are you talking like trying to figure out time frame? N- no, no, no. I I feel like just like it's a creative choice that like from the point that he kind of loses his parents and then gets discovered by Leah, everything is at nighttime. No. When is there a daytime scene? There's heaps of daytime scenes. Oh, maybe because it's just so tight and I don't see the sky. Yeah. Okay. I feel like it. It's not a movie like The Crow, which is set almost entirely at nighttime, or Blade Runner, which is set almost entirely at nighttime. Because it was just clearly very bright and sunny at the start with Mm. his parents, and then that shot at the end where he steps into front. I think there's an element of it's just like um, a lot of the daytime scenes are also indoor scenes. Yeah, Mm. yeah. Uh, oh, there's thing, a few on the street. When yeah, you, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the other thing that I that I I should have mentioned back earlier is during the news montage. This is we're just, you know circling back through. During the news montage, there is a shot of a guy writing "Wild Thing Lives" as a piece of graffiti, which 
is clearly stolen from the end of the movie. It's in the middle oh, of the middle yes. of the movie. It's one of those things I watched. I figured out the second time. I was like, "Well, why would it be Wild Thing lives if Wild Thing is just being captured by the cops?" And then it circles back at the end of the at, at the end of the movie because Rashid says, "Wild Kid lives, man." Wild Thing lives. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. What? So do you think it's intentional? No, I think that they stole a they stole a shot because they needed yeah. to extend that. Mo- the editor 100%. stole a shot because they needed to extend that montage. Yeah, well, they wanted to build the legend of Wild Thing, right? And they didn't have a piece of they needed a piece to fit in that montage, and then they just grabbed a shot from later. Yeah, and stuck it in there because it doesn't make any sense for Wild Thing lives. When yeah, all and it makes total sense. It makes sense. It makes more sense at the end. Um, I don't know whether the whether the zone is safe now, but I think it's pro- it's obviously safer because Chopper's dead. But yeah, he's the I big think, dog now. But. And also he's back to being a legend rather than being out in the open because people yeah. think he's dead so they, so he doesn't have to be, you know, followed by the paparazzi mm. and shit. Yeah. <laughs> that um, would have happened if he, you know, stuck around. Can I just ask you guys, what do you think about the actor making a choice to be the main character of a film where he doesn't speak for basically the whole movie? Like, fuck, why I mean, would you do it? Gets to do cool stuff. Because you get to do a physical performance? Because acting is not just speaking dialogue. Yeah, I just feel like if I was an actor, especially one like this guy who's probably like all about like I'm a good looking guy who can do like these hero roles, you want to be able to make the quips kind and of stuff like that. He's kind of only his only hero role. Yeah, well, obviously. Mm. <laughs> I think that there's reasons why you would take the role. Because you know you get to do cool flips and shit and cool stunts and like was he was he an uh, actor at all? Like has done anything else? Well, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, he's a working actor that's still working working today. He has hundreds. He has a hundred and something credits. Wow! I need to look this guy up. A lot of TV, a lot and a lot of like uh, bit parts in in movies. You know, like he, he very rarely. I don't know how much. I don't know him from lots of other stuff. But when I looked him up, he is still still working. Yeah, okay. and and the thing was, uh, was that he's mostly known from a role he played in prison in Prison Break. Mm. Um, this is obviously early in his career. I think this is like I think this is like his third or fourth credit in a in a movie. Uh, right, so obviously okay. he's playing he's playing the, and also it's the lead in a movie called Wild Thing where true. he played the Wild Thing. True, 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 true. Mm. So an appropriate age to have seen this movie. I don't know, because like the flipping and the cool and the Tarzan. I mean, Tarzan is a kids' movie. This is obviously a little bit older than that, but it has some mature themes. It does have some mature themes, so it's, I think. Well, it's rated M. I think you could get away with it again, like a like a thirteen. Um, I don't think it's quite fun enough for a little kid to want to watch it necessarily. Like they might like the concept of it, but I think it's a little too dark, and there's not enough of the. Swinging from vines and and Tarzan shit. It's not superhero-y enough. Yeah, so I don't think it's really. Most kids probably wouldn't necessarily get that get that's, as into it. That's so interesting. I just realised that this is a superhero movie, basically, where they don't really show you the superhero doing anything. Yeah, it's it's a comic. It's kind of a comic book movie before comic book movies. Yeah, so I think it's. I think. I don't think little kids would enjoy it. I think that kind of 13, 14-year-old kind of kind of age where, you know, the comic book thing is still cool and swinging and cool, but you're old enough that you can, you know, follow the plot and 
understand, you know, not get freaked out by the mature themes or whatever. <laughs> so I would probably stick it at, yeah, 13, 14-ish would probably be, be all right. But it's kind of a you'd need to want to watch this kind of movie to want to watch it. I so think I think d- most kids that are like 13, if you put like a wild thing in front of them and then like the whatever the newest fucking Spider-Man thing is, they're going to pick Spider-Man because they well, yeah. because they have been conditioned for superhero <laughs> movies to be a particular one, particular Yeah, nowadays yeah. I was nowadays. more thinking when the movie came oh, out. Oh, when the movie. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Um yeah, when the movie came out if you don't have Spider-Man as an option, this is your Spider-Man option. Well, yeah, I don't think we do this in relation extent. to oh, other we had things the, that are on the market. We had the yeah. Spider-Man we had the Spider-Man uh TV show where or TV movies where he never swung from anything. Well, that's ridiculous. He was on rooftops. Occasionally, occasionally he was on the side of a building, but he never swung anywhere. <laughs> Well, yeah, also, I the reckon... suit was like real baggy. <laughs> Do you want to take a guess at what mine will be? Some ridiculous. Like 40. Two. No Eight, one. 12, <laughs> uh, 69. Cairns <Eight> <laughs> closer. I would say that it is an R18 film. You know why? Because of the depiction of mental health? Yes. There are some very heavy <laughs> depictions of mental health that are very confusing and need to have guidance or at least have uh, an adult brain, you know, to be able to understand what's going on and to be go- and to go, this is a movie, right, and this is not I mean, real. Weirdly, I kind of almost agree with you. Like, because in I reality, mean, like, in reality, yeah, M's fine, but... What probably it should have is an R18. Yeah. I think the reason it's not is because there's no swearing and because yeah. there's, I mean, there is a sex scene, but it's, there's no. It's not, a, it's not shown. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that's the reason it's an M and not, and not an R mm. uh, in its era. I was five when I saw this movie. Fuck. No wonder you are who you are. I am what I am. <laughs> I was five, at least five. Maybe, you are the wild thing. Maybe, maybe six. I definitely saw this movie on release. I can definitely see you as a five-year-old trying to make weapons out of umbrellas. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also think it's a movie that you, because of the, the, uh, the urban decay and the very kind of like 80s New York feel of it, it's a movie that would be even more fantastical, fantastical now. You know what I want? Maybe you could set it, you could set it in, in like Chicago or, Detroit or places where there is a lot of there still is a lot of urban urban decay. Yeah. I mean, that would be cool. What it made me really want is a post-apocalyptic movie from the 60s where it's like basically just I don't know, 7 days later except it's all <laughs> 60s shit. What like Fallout? <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> would you ever watch this movie again if you're in free will? I think Brody's a no. I would not unless I was watching it with someone to show them, like, the spectacle that this movie is. Then I think that's a yes. Yeah, I mean, like, I would show it to someone to then go, it's fucked up, right? (laughs) And then, like, chat about it like we are. But I definitely would do that, but on my own, no. Fair enough. Um. I feel like it's a little too gritty to be in our Saturday morning action movie rotation. (laughs) I love that you guys have that. Which is normally where I would put the movies from this podcast. 
Yeah, I don't think I would necessarily. How watch big it is again. this rotation? Well, <laughs> I don't know. Just to provide some context. And can I come over? <laughs> yeah, to provide some context, it's sometimes hard to get Kira to watch a movie at night time because she falls asleep. Well, she wants to go to bed, right? Mm. So I can't You're put, a, can't put on a movie. At, I can't put on a movie at like eight o'clock because Kira's going to want to go to. Oh, I would fucking right? kill you. You can sometimes. Yeah, it's just so kind of. I will sneak a movie on at like eleven on a weekend. You're an evil genius. And sometimes it'll usually sometimes it'll, be, it'll catch her, and then sometimes it won't. It yeah, won't that's catch the thing her. is that there's and no pressure for me to actually watch the movie. Yeah. I can be on my phone and doing whatever, and then maybe the movie will get my attention, and then Gain's like, "Hey, look, you're watching the movie." That's very good <laughs> of him. I want you to appreciate that because I'm the worst with my partner. I'm like, "Why aren't you watching this very important scene? Like, <laughs> watch it there's with a, me." There's a difference. Like when we sit down to watch a movie, we sit down to watch a movie, yeah. and like no phones and and all that shit, right? Yeah. So because we're watching the movie, but it's different. A Saturday morning action movie is like, "Hey." here's this it is sometimes stuff that would be featured on this podcast it's like hey like here's uh an example, an example from within the past like month or so is like tango and cash the, yeah the Stallone fuck yeah and, that's such Stallone a good thing Russell to do movie. i just put that on a saturday saturday morning and kira was kind of like interested but not really interested and didn't watch the whole the whole movie but paid it's, attention it's, enough to enjoy it yeah to enjoy the kurt russell of it all yeah and and or like and look at some some cool stunt work there's a that movie opens with a with a helicopter chasing a truck that is a real helicopter a real truck and that helicopter is flying like inches from the ground it's amazing it's amazing yeah kim so, will often grab grab my attention and be like no you have to watch this bit yeah watch yeah this bit. and this whether or whether or not i've been paying attention or not to what yeah, we're watching so that's yeah. what we talk about with the saturday morning Saturday morning. Yeah. That's a great so, tradition. Saturday morning, like action movies, is such a good tradition because, yeah. like, all you want to do is watch something dumb and fun and, like, scroll while that's you're doing it. Pretty much what Kane does. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. In terms of, yeah, I think, I don't think that this movie would necessarily make it to that rotation of movies, but I didn't hate it. I, I liked it. I enjoyed it, but I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it again. Mm. Fair enough. Um, names in the credits, I didn't recognize anybody. Yeah. Which is rare, but that, that happens. And then we need to uh, wrap things up by moving on to Brody's pick for our next episode. Ooh, I'm next so one, excited. Next bum, bum, ba, da, dun. Um, I have one more thing I want to say about sure. Wild Thing. Yeah, go for Just, it. Just, you know, to round out the mm. Wild Thing part of the podcast. Mm-hmm. I picked this movie because John Moxley uses Wild Thing as his intro music. So I would just like to put my opinion on that as... I think John Moxley would like Wild Thing, the person, like if he existed in, in, in AW. I think that John Moxley would take Wild Thing under his wing and probably help him out a little on the mental health and turn him into one hell of a wrestler. Hmm. Yep. That's I agree. an extremely upbeat idea. I also I have one other uh, Tangent City side note is that Martin Cove um, from Steel Justice Sensei, Sensei from from Cobra Kai also just randomly fucking turned up, up in, in AEW this week. He's just in character. I think he's as, Sensei. I he was referred as to as Sensei as Britt Baker's Sensei. Yeah, just weird random coincidence thing. AEW, AEW, all lit wrestling. Oh, fuck yeah. That's so sick. He was doing like lines in the movie, like saying no mercy and like it was, yeah. it was amazing. So it, what it, a it, 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 it's very confusing. It's like, okay, so does that mean that the karate kid is canon in AEW universe? Which would be very important. Is it kayfabe? Fans. I don't understand. It's very complicated. We're, it, what we're, is kayfabe? We're getting into it's, it. Oh my God. Let's not get <laughs> we'll into explain. it. Let's not get, let's not become a wrestling podcast. But that said, I will we're give you, City, baby. We, will, we will definitely keep you updated on whether that character is actually an actor in AEW in the future. Next episode. Left Next on episode, left episode. on the list uh, from the last episode. Uh, Wes Craven's Shocker, now in its third 
time. Uh, maybe we should institute this, this open conversation, Distraction City, for the, okay, for, the, for the audience. Maybe if something is on the list for three times in a row and it doesn't get picked, it drops off and can come back later. That's interesting. How do we The thing is, that? is that I, you, you guys know that although I love horror, I probably won't, I won't choose it over, say, an action or something else because, like, it's not my first bag. Yeah, there is some, like, figuring out of the mechanics of this in that I'm trying to present you guys with options that are broader the spectrum and what do we do in what order and what Mm. do I introduce when and do I maybe not give you a choice and offer you three horror options you know like just kind of mm. i don't want to like force I, the, I, think, I don't want to force the conversation but i also don't want shocker to be on this list for eight episodes i'm totally know? happy with every now and again you going completely just new me. and this is a genre pick yeah how do you feel yeah i think maybe once we've both had a chance to pick something if neither of us have picked it it drops off the list and you can bring it back later makes sense yeah because so we've both not picked it yeah but definitely so bring it back later yeah oh, obviously yeah. Like uh, it will bring yeah. it back because later. I mean, like, coming back later will almost make me want to choose it yeah so i mean i have a f- i currently have a finite number of tapes right mm. you know um that is obviously going to expand expand my collection is going to expand over time but um as I hunt stuff down and find stuff that for the podcast that that's rarer, um, so if it disappears from the list, it's not gone forever. Yeah, there's also an element of the, if if you make it that way, if you make it, um, we both get a chance to pick it, and if neither of us pick it, it's going to be gone. Then it gives us a little bit of strategy on what we're picking. Like I picked this one; it was on his list. If I hadn't picked it. If I knew that it was then going to be yeah. taken off the thing, it's like okay, no, I've got to pick that one now because it'll go on next week. Yeah, yeah. okay, so so sh- I like that. Yeah, so shock is going to be an option this week, but it, if it does not get picked this week, it will not be an option next week. That's very yeah. true because even at a video store, if you went in for something particular, yeah, else but you it. missed something one week, you'd be like, oh, that's back. I have to get it now. Yeah. yeah. Or I used to used to be like, call me when it comes in. Yeah. <laughs> leave, a, leave a note. My, here's my name. Here's my phone number. You call my house when it comes in. <laughs> <laughs> so still on the list um, pr- from previously, we have Wes Craven's Shocker. The one with the gentleman uh, who's clearly a prisoner on the electric chair. Yep. We have Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee in Showdown in Little Tokyo. Now this one is Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee on <laughs> in front of a fully tattooed body as the background that just looks like a Yakuza person's body. And mm-hmm. the third choice is going to have to be very tough to Ooh, be this. Oh, I brought you something special. Oof. I have brought you... I'm going to let you do the... You have to read the front of this with the trailer voice <laughs> okay. because it's, it deserves your trailer voice. Okay. I have brought you the movie Future Cop. Oh, fuck. Also known in other um, areas of the world as Trances. Oh my god. Future Cup. Jack Death is back, and he's never been here before. A 23rd century crime fighter heating it up in LA today. Fuck. (laughs) Fuck. What have you done? That sounds fantastic. I feel like Shocker. No, I love sci fi. He's back, but he's never been here before. (laughs) Shocker is basically off the table. Oh, Shocker is well and truly fucked off from the table. Um, Poor shocker. Wow. So the front cover of Future Cup is uh, this gentleman firing laser pistols and he's wearing full, like, Dick Tracy outfit, all slicked back hair, really good-looking guy. Can you just – can you spell Jack Death for me? Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
That is Jack the normal way, but death, D-E-T-H. Oh, not to hit you over the head with the metaphor. Just so it's subtle. And other than that, on the cover is definitely a futuristic background with people on it who look fucking out of value, like punk video or futuristic imagination of the world. Um, Go on, flip, flip, flip. flip The back. back. Okay. Out of curiosity, is this the tape that you said that you got? You said you got a new tape. Is this the new tape? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Uh, The new tape is yet to arrive. Oh, I see. I'm waiting on postage. Ooh, there are dark tribunals. There are definitely practically built but things that are mentally meant to look futuristic pieces of technology. Um, are you going to read the back, read the back, read the back? Okay. D- don't read the back if it gets too spoilery. Just be selective about what you read. Okay. Angel City, 2020, 2022, 47 Ooh. AD. What? 2022. Oh, did I read that wrong? 2247. Yeah, t- <laughs> not 2022, 2247. That's very different. <laughs> Thought it was set this year. I, I really c- scrambled to think about how to say that in my trailer voice. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 23rd century. Um, A.D. A mystic named Martin Whistler threatens the peace with his legion of trancers, men and women slavishly controlled by psychic powers. Eluding capture, Whistler retreats back in time to Los Angeles, 1985, with a sinister plan to murder the ancestors of Angel City's ruling council, thus ensuring the council members would cease to exist. Fuck. This sounds fantastic. Fuck, this is the one. This sounds so fantastic. Oh, yeah. I, do you want me to read the rest? There's another whole paragraph on the back. Oh, no, I, I think, think save it, think save yeah, it. Yeah, save it. It is $1 price mark on the front. I did not. I paid more than a dollar. <laughs> it's got a, yeah, it came and it has a sticker for a dollar on it. And I'm like, motherfucker, I paid more than that. <laughs> I mean, Shocker was apparently $4. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Can I see the tape? Oh, but. But Showdown in Little Tokyo is R18. And it'll be off the list because I've already not picked it. Uh, According to our new... It'll be a fresh batch. Oh, no. (laughs) No, but it it had one less week than Showdown. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Yeah, no, we're going to do three. Three? Yeah, it's three. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So So Brody always gets two chances to pick a movie. (laughs) Serve, return, serve. Why am I doing a tennis metaphor? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> it's three. Oh, wait, you? you know what? You know what's the better? Three strikes, bit? Three in, your strikes in your round. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, then there you go. It'll stay on the list for next week. But Kira, look at me. Look at me in my eyes. <laughs> How likely are you going to choose this movie? I have no idea because I don't know what the other two movies are going to be. Oh no! I love Brandon Lee. If that helps. Do you really? He's the crow. Oh, yeah, I love is. the crow. Let's have a longer whisper conversation about the crow. Yeah. What are you guys talking about? I can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I, do love Bre- magic. I, do, I do love Brendan Lee, so there is a possibility that I will pick that movie. I can't guarantee it because there's going to be two new movies in the mix. I feel like you're psyched on that one, so you may choose that one as well. I may, but again, and I'll have another that chance one is going to get replaced. I'll have another chance to choose that movie, though. Won't I? Because yeah. it's three strikes. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm sorry, gang. But this one. I'm sorry, gang. But this one. This Look is strategy. This one. You'll get another chance at that one too. No, oh, no I, won't. I will. <laughs> I might pick it. I want to watch this one. 
Oh. Kira is like hardcore for future comp. Come on, all right, all right, futuristic right. action. All right, can we can we say if you don't choose this next week? I'm no, making, no, no, you choose this next now. week. You choose this next week, and if I'm going to choose a movie that you don't want, I'll choose it for you. Making trades. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we've gotten to this place that you guys are so amped for like two of these movies already. <laughs> This is why it's good that the new rules are in place, that it's not just going to stay on the list forever. You don't understand. With sci-fi, pretty much I cannot see any of this shit and just be like, I fucking love sci-fi. Yeah. See, the thing is I feel like this is going to be more fun. Like we've had two kind of more serious, less Jim Cartery. I feel like this is going to be more along the the crazy, awesome. I don't want to put my nah. finger. On the, I don't want to put my finger on the scales. So, but I will. This I movie, a, I feel I'll like, is something little, I legitimately like. I think we're going to like it. I just think yeah. that this is going to be more wacky because yeah. it's sci-fi. I'll just provide a little further context. Showdown in Little Tokyo is a fucking ball, but it is a it's a it's a fun, jokey ac- uh, martial arts action movie. Future Cop is an insane. Low budget science fiction insane cinema from the, from the Don't you want to watch something insane, Brody? We just did. I need something. But oh, fun insane. Is way more insane. Fun than, insane. Than Not. I'm gonna have a mental breakdown. Insane. Fun insane. Look at the lasers. He's got a laser. <laughs> uh, I gotta. I gotta keep with the energy. Let's go, Future Cop. There it is. It's just like we would do in in the uh, video store. That's what I'm trying to exactly. do. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I mean, that. if I don't end up pick, picking Brendan Lee next week, it will end up back. I, it thing. better come back Here's quickly. the thing, Brody. Your mum dropped you off. She only gave you $3. <laughs> it costs $3 to rent a movie. There's two in front of you. you got to choose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we've got to come to a consensus. And, and I mean, come on. All right. Crazy Sapphire. <laughs> right. But if this goes away, if... If Showdown in Little Tokyo goes away, it's coming back soon. We'll see. Can you oh, make no promises? I make no promises, so No many, one else so better rent it out. You you call me when it's in. Oh, my God. Okay, <laughs> let's wrap this bitch up. Um, for those that are interested in listening to the podcast or following us elsewhere, which you really should not do because, Jesus Christ, we have done You should definitely hours. follow us. Okay, don't, I'll do the self-promotion. Just please do not listen and do not subscribe. <laughs> no one wants you here. Yep, absolutely. Please listen and subscribe to our podcast because we enjoy having you here to listen to our crazy arguments you can follow us on twitter and instagram at weird kid video and obviously leave us a review Kian will not read them but i'm sure Brody will enjoy it um we look forward to seeing you next week some hate to us online i will enjoy reading it exactly i I think maybe maybe three episodes and it's time to reveal my reason for even doing the podcast my secret reason for oh yeah Kian has ulterior motives Mm -hmm. so my covert reason for starting the podcast is so that i can become a guest on a different podcast (laughs) yeah he doesn't care about us he's just using us to get to screen i'm building a platform on which i can step over both of you to get onto screen drafts that is, I'm pretty sure you've told me that before we even started yeah, I this. love screen drafts. So uh, Clay, <laughs> Ryan, if you're listening, or anybody else who's been a guest on screen drafts. Um, Ken maybe, would really like Blake, to be on that. Blake from that One Heat Minute Productions. Uh, if you can one get me on. If, if, yeah, One Heat Minute rules. If you can get me onto uh, screen drafts, I'm, I, I mean, get all three of us on the screen Let's, drafts. We'll, we'll, draft, <laughs> we'll draft absolute fucking garbage. Yeah. 
Let's Ken start does a not care about your emotions. He will just pick the movies he wants to pick. I mean, I think that's clear what the entire podcast is. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's definitely end the podcast there. Uh, thank you for listening. If you did listen, you're, Love you. you're a moron. Uh, what are you doing with your life? Make <laughs> other choices. Do not watch Wild What Thing. he said. You can watch Wild Thing. Mm. <laughs> with, with adult supervision. Are we going to make the... Oh, I'm just going to extend the life of the podcast. Are we going to make the end scene thing our, our sign-off? I don't <laughs> we know. We did that twice and I don't know if it's good or not. I don't know either. It's kind of lame. It is a little bit lame. Uh, I don't mind it. Okay, then. You guys are tastemakers, though. I'll let you decide. Maybe try something different and see what we think. And see. <laughs> yeah, That's not something different. <laughs> That's the end of the podcast. <laughs>